deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I like do it be if you know the call for if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the Griffin. Hello everyone and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz. Harry Potter has posted an immersive audio experience. Did you did you get a chance to see the immersive audio experience <laughs> that they post po- po- posted this this week? That's really one upping us. Do you think that we post immersive audio experiences? Like, 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 do you think our podcasts are immersive audio experiences? <laughs> yeah, do you think that counts? I think so. So, so, uh, I, I barely edit, so everyone gets to hear, uh, me saying, uh, and um, and stuttering and whatnot. So it's like, I'm really there. Mm. Uh, I'm fidgeting with stuff on my desk all the time. Uh huh. So that, that picks up. I'm sure that some water drinking noises have shown up. We've, we've cracked cans. We we've cracked our cans on air sometimes. Mm-hmm. I I'd say that counts. We're that's immersive. Oh, mine is that for some reason, um, even though my phone and stuff is on silent, mm. uh, the Twitter refresh boop sound still just like comes through. I don't. It's like <laughs> it's like it's like haunted or something. Because I have everything on silent. It's mm-hmm. locked. I don't have my ringer on. Everything is quiet. No other website makes noise for some reason. When I refresh Twitter, it goes like boop. So that's in there. Sometimes your microphone like has a weird bump that we can't figure out where it's coming from. Uh huh. Yeah, I think yeah. there might be a bug in there or something. There's a bug or some dust or something in there. So that's that's yeah, that's all, all contributing. That's what all I would... really immersive. Yeah, our I think our audio experiences are immersive. It's like you're okay. really here with us. So, so I started and I said. Um, that we were getting one-upped, but really we're kind of one-upping the Wizarding World because, what, they've posted, like, one, you know, immersive audio experience, <laughs> and we post, like, three hours of immersive audio experience every week. More than that, honestly. <laughs> we're posting, we're we're kind of going at, like, at least four hours of, of immersive audio for our listeners every week. That's uh, wild. Which is, I don't know, I, I'd, I'd call that pretty... Pretty good. They they posted twenty minutes of an audio mm-hmm. experience this week. Um, this was their like we we talked about it a little bit last week. That, you know they they had that um uh they they had that that like post kind of imploring people to not go to King's Cross this year. Sure. For for uh, like I, either a, an official fan event which was not happening, or I guess maybe there's a like unofficial fan thing where people go. Um, on September 1st to celebrate, mm-hmm. like, back to Hogwarts stuff. Um, and I guess this was, like, their, like, th- this is their plea. It's like, don't, don't, don't go to King's Cross. Stay mm-hmm. home. Make some cocoa. Put your headphones on. Get, get the, get the most expensive pair of headphones you have. Yeah. And sit down and listen to, uh, 20 minutes of, Honestly, a baffling uh, uh, mashup of like <laughs> ASMR. Um, it kind of has more. I guess it's less ASMR and more more like. Um, have you ever like gone on YouTube and just searched like 
10 hours of like castle ambience or something or like uh, a nature sound four hour mix or whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of I kind of get get the nature sounds more than I get castle castle ambiance. I'm not I don't I've never been to a castle, so I don't really know what that means. It just but, kind of echoes I, a lot. I get really. it. <laughs> Most of the castle ones, it's like it's like there's a crackling fire. Um, someone is playing a lute in a room somewhere else, and it's echoing really badly. Oh, that's... so it's like fantasy. Okay, I understand yeah. now. I was like, that's a very weird specific thing but i yeah. kind of get it yeah 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 and then and then i like i i i'm i'm uh i'm a like listen to rain while i'm going to sleep kind of person mm-hmm. so, so i get these a lot these like you know here's here's 10 hours of rain that i recorded yeah or uh, whatnot so so it's it's more that than asmr i guess but um it's it's that so it's like a bunch of train station noises and like like bing bong train train the uh, uh alarm sounds and whatnot Mm-hmm. And a lot of crowds, but then like just as soon as you, um, like kind of get settled in, you're like, okay, I can get into this. Just some, just some like white noise. It's like crowds. There's footsteps. It's very, it's it's you know, it's just kind of like in one ear out the other, kind of kind of drowning in sound kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Stephen Fry pops up very loudly to tell you that Harry was on King's Cross. St- it, it is so jarring. It mm. like, made me jump the first time. <laughs> and it's just clips from the audiobooks um, kind of like played over this this uh, soundscape they've created. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of disorienting because he's describing the sounds... But like as they're already they've already been happening, and so it's like it's like I'm, my brain is getting split in half trying to listen to both of them, right? Mm-hmm. And like trying to imagine the sounds. Like, well, I can't, I can't imagine the sound because I'm hearing it. You're playing it for me already. Um, can't do that. Processor is already at 100 percent for me. Um, and it, it was not what I was expecting. No, at all. No, it's it's really weird. They um. They sort of touted it as like a big deal. Uh, uh, Journey to Hogwarts uses the latest acoustic techniques to create an immersive soundscape. It has been designed by the sound technicians at Molinaire, some of whom worked on the Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts films. So we can all imagine we're at the station with Harry as well as on the train itself. Um, the uh, the the other part of this is that not only are there audiobook clips played over this, but there are also like acted scenes mm. um featuring the act the cast from the cursed child I, I guess sure uh uh dialogue from the books which has been specially voiced for this experience by members of the london cast of harry potter and the cursed child uh these are the most insane part of this mm. the because because like it's the the premise of this thing is that you're there with harry and it's book one and he doesn't know where platform 93 quarters is and he sees the Weasleys. And like, so like there's sort of this whole thing where after Stephen Fry goes away, the volume returns to normal and, um, and like Molly Weasley appears and there's just some like, it's kind of cute. It just sounds like a, like a radio play at this point. Sure. But then when that finishes, when they get on the train, there's like a, like the sound that played in lost whenever it started switching between the two timelines. <laughs> and we get these other scenes from the train 
including one which is just a, like straight up like a horror sequence. We get the Dementor scene, and there's like a solid two minutes of just like screaming sounds and Dementor noises. Spooky. It's, it's really not very relaxing at all. Um, it's very scary. Uh, but the punchline to that, of course, is that they they bring Lupin in. You know, they, they have their Harry read read the line. Oh, what was that? And uh, they have Lupin, who sounds like Droopy Dog, going like, "Is it? Is it like? Did they get the actor? Did they get? Is he? He wouldn't be in Cursed Child because he's dead. Yeah. Who did it, they get to do Lupin? I have no idea. It certainly wasn't David Thewlis. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but but he just it, you just hear like, uh, that was a Dementor from Azkaban. <laughs> it's like really really kind of droopy and, and sad um it's uh it's surreal i uh, but i was just shocked by like the sudden pivot to like really scary noises um certainly not uh not relaxing i wonder i actually kind of wonder i wonder if any parents have complained about it it's uh because it's certainly not not something you can just throw on for your kid it's scary uh wizarding world i just want to check to see the replies to this thing okay no i guess just me just i'm the only one scared i'm a scaredy cat i guess uh scared uh, by the scary dementors it spooked me it was really loud and spoopy but yeah it was uh this is bizarre i mean it's cute i guess maybe you're not supposed to listen to it in headphones maybe it's sort of a um gather gather the the family around the the old-fashioned radio set and, mm. and crank, crank the volume knob up mm. and, and uh, pretend you're at uh, the train station. This is posited as their, like, back to Hogwarts celebration thing. Mm-hmm. And I really wonder whether that was, um, this was, like, their plan all along. How how long has this been in the works? Because it's certainly not no work, right? But it's it's also a weird, just a weird thing to drop out of nowhere as part of this, like, Wizarding World at Home thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I feel like it's probably a recent recent thing. I thought it was going to be like a live stream. I did not realize it was like yeah. a sh- like a show. I mean, there is still going to be the live stream on the first. Um, mm. They only played twenty minutes of this thing. I wonder if there's more. Do they have like here's herbology class ASMR? Maybe I don't know. Um, it sounds like it's kind of reverse ASMR. Yes. Yeah, I keep on saying ASMR because I, I think sound and internet, and I say I, I think ASMR, but it's it's really not that. It's 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 ten hours nature sounds, high quality MP3, go to sleep quality video. It's, you a, know? it's ASMR if ASMR was meant to like make you dissociate in your own home. <laughs> you know, it's like the, the dissociating at a train station. Um, you know, some sort of like la- loudspeaker is happening. You can hear the words, but you just don't really understand what they're saying. That was kind of my. <laughs> what i got out of it i really like the first minute of it where it's just like train station noises and i'm like oh this is cute and then and then stephen fry comes in very loudly uh and kind of ruins the whole thing and it just kind of spirals out of control from there mm-hmm. speaking of uh live streams we are recording during the um the opening night of gamescom yeah. and and so as as we just started uh, I guess about half an hour, 45 minutes or so of this two hour presentation have gone by. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been some big ish announcements. They showed off some dragon age stuff. Uh-huh. Um, 
So I'm thinking, you know, if uh, if if uh, a certain if a certain Warner Brothers uh, Harry Potter game were to get announced at some point, uh, I should uh, I should probably be keeping an eye on this, huh? Nothing nothing yet, but uh, but we'll keep you posted. I don't want I to miss keep, this one. I will keep one eye on my phone <laughs> for the for the gamer event. The gamer event, yeah, N- nothing super exciting so far. But I just, I, I really am curious if if we see this thing get announced here because this is yes, kind of. I'm it. sad we don't have like a lineup. Yeah, yeah, this is like the last big. I mean, traditionally, anyway, like the last big announcement, like bucket of the year is Gamescom. So. Mm. So I'm very curious, um, uh, but uh, but yeah, nothing nothing so far. But we are aware of it. I just don't want to be caught off guard, um, uh, because uh, we've got like, you know, we we have a history of uh, of of the cool things being announced while we're talking, or horrible things happening while we're talking. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but you know, we're we're gamers, and we wanna we want the game. We want to see we want to see what's going on with that thing. So 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 keeping keeping an eye on that one live here. Yeah, I don't know. It, it looks like I'm already seeing people on Twitter complaining about Dragon Age not having any actual content. They're like, <laughs> can you please stop showing up just to show us more concept art? Is there a game? Um, so maybe it'll be like the Harry Potter game and, and we'll just get to see that great um like reference art from the leaks of um Harry photoshopped into an MCR outfit. <laughs> it would be really wild if we finally do get acknowledgement that that game exists, but it is just the trailer that we've seen. Like it's just like a finished version of that trailer. Ah, uh, what a oh that would be such a that would be a real like monkey's paw curling moment. Just like yes it's real but all they've done is shown you like the completed version of the thing you saw two years ago. That's fully what I'm expecting now. That's on. Yeah, that could be, that could be what we get. That seems like a most likely scenario at this point. What kind of music do you think it would have? Cause I don't oh. think there was much audio on the like leak and surely mm-hmm. it would be cut together by like a trailer making company yeah. and they would have like gotten music for the trailer. What mm-hmm. do you think they would pick? So it's funny. You should bring that up. Mm-hmm. Because the trailer that we saw in the leak, that was just like a demo, basically, um, had the exact same music that was cut for the uh, Crimes of Grindelwald trailer, I believe. So they like they like oh yeah they so they set it to pre existing music, I, mm-hmm. but they obviously they wouldn't reuse that for the real release, right? And I'm yeah, so I think we have two options here. Either a composer is on board to do like fake John Williams music, yeah, um, and like maybe they have like maybe they have access to like just like the motif. Uh, you know, <laughs> they're allowed they're allowed to play the do 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 thing, but like everything else has to be original, right? Um, so so I'm I'm picturing that, and it's just like like fake John Williams, boring. But the, yeah, I don't want that. There's the much there's the much darker and more fun option. Yes. Which is like I'm just like rattling through my my brain catalog of like magic related songs. <laughs> what do we got? We got uh, Black Magic Woman. We've sure. got Frank Sinatra. It's witchcraft. Uh-huh. We've, we've got uh, Season of the Witch by yeah. Donovan. We've got ooh yeah. There's a lot of options there for what. What are your thoughts? What are your picks on that one? 
I all I can hear is how yeah, that's in the Snyder Cut trailer. <laughs> It's fully occupying wait, all of my wait, brain wait, wait, space. Wait. Okay, I did not see the Snyder Cut trailer. Is that what Real? it did? Oh my god! Yes. Holy fuck! Oh my god! I'm t- I'm tempted to just tell you right now. Stop the podcast. Go watch it. It's so funny. <laughs> okay, hold on. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll cut this part out. I'm gonna. I just want. I just need you to hear the trailer music. Snyder Cut trailer. We're doing this live. I'll make a note. To I cu- can't believe you haven't watched this. 1643 okay that is my cut snyder okay i've made my note let's take a look okay we're back i've watched the snyder cut trailer now we're we're back so um (laughs) so i think it has to be hallelujah you think they have the one up i mean i guess they have access to it it's still wb right i would assume so yeah Yeah, they they, so maybe they can just throw that one on there see i'm 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 thinking like do that trailer, but it's Frank Sinatra. Uh, it's witchcraft or something. Mm, I like that. I, I I pulled up my iTunes and I just searched witch. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh! All, all, I see. My music taste is too good. I've got mm. a bunch of good. I've got Kate Bush waking the witch. Great, great album. It doesn't have to be a bad. I mean, Hallelujah is a good Hallelujah, song. Yeah, that's true. Hallelujah is a good song. Uh, we've got yeah, Season of the Witch is a good song too. I, I'm, I'm, um, I would, I would love nothing more than for after two years of us joking about like trailer, sad trailer remixes, mm-hmm. if we finally got one of our own, you know? Yeah. Yep. I would. I would. Sorry. I'm just. I'm. I'm still thinking about the Snyder cut. Good for those Looks- guys. You know. Is it? Is it good for them? <laughs> no, probably not. I don't know. I can't wait for that thing to come out just so I can read about it. But uh, but yeah. Is is three hundred the movie that they like? I went back because I never mind. I don't want to talk about this. This is like the Taylor Swift <laughs> thing all over again. Like I can't. I Taylor Swift ten out of ten. Zack Snyder movies ten out of ten. Yeah, they're fa- the going Zack on the Snyder record. Fa- Zack Snyder fans are equally as scary as Taylor Swift fans. Zack Snyder fans are so cool, and I just wouldn't ever say say anything bad about Zack Snyder. I would never argue with them. I would never argue with them online. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think I, I will say this. I, I have a I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Hmm. I have the auteur's respect for Zack Snyder in that I don't think any of his movies are very good. I thought Watchmen was like, okay, as an adaptation, I, I will say, I think, I think it was probably the best. Too long. Too long. The en- the change to the ending ruins the theme, but like, I think overall, probably the best anyone could do with that material in a film. Despite not really enjoying any of his stuff that much. I uh, I respect him for like clearly having a and, like in the same way that like Michael Bay right like like knows what he's good at and just goes for it and is very clearly proud of his work. I I have I said I have the auteur's respect. Um, I think his fans are crazy. I, I mean I think they're great. Ten out of ten. Uh, mm. uh, never argue with them. Um, and uh, I think that his movies are bad. But but I but I have to hand it to him. He he knows what he likes and he makes it. You know. Yeah, I'm putting up a big bulletin board up on the wall, the auteur's respect board. We're tacking up the name <laughs> Zack Snyder. Uh, we're tacking up Swurry, probably. Yeah. Um, we're tacking up um, Quentin Tarantino so no one gets mad at us. H- Hideo Kojima. 
Sure. Uh, uh, just, just you know, there, there are guys out there who, who make stuff who, uh, you know, isn't always for me, but, but they're having a good time. And it's like, okay, you guys, all right, <laughs> good, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're, you're doing it. <laughs> you're, you're having a great time, and I respect that. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. To I, varying degrees. Once upon a time, I would put J.K. Rowling up there. Not, not so much anymore. Auteur's disrespect. <laughs> the auteur's disrespect. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Uh, he's somewhere in there. He's somewhere. He. I, I like a lot of Tarantino films, uh, and I don't like a lot of Tarantino films. And also, mm. the more I learn about him as a person, the less I like in general. But you know, he's. <laughs> Joss Whedon's up there with J.K. Rowling on the auteur's disrespect board. <laughs> C.S. Lewis goes on my auteur's respect board. Mm. Right? Sure. Yeah. That's, I, I think that, I, I put George Lucas up there. Another one who, uh, uh, um, you know, does does what he wants and has a clear vision and, and it's often terrible, but hey, he's he's making his dreams happen. I, I like C.S. Lewis up there because it's like, damn, damn dude's just working through his, his stuff, you know? <laughs> the screw tape letters. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Woo-wee. Good read. Uh, what a guy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we were wondering what trailer music was going to be in the Harry Potter game trailer. Oh, yeah. I feel like I just went into, like, I don't know, t- a time warp. Our new second. podcast, The Auteur's <laughs> Respect. <laughs> Oh, that's so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. You imagine just a whole podcast of us going like, well, I don't like it, but (laughs) someone does. Um, Wow, he really had an idea, didn't he? Okay, I've refreshed Twitter. Uh, there is no no news as of yet, but we've still got an hour and a half or so to go. Uh, right now, they are showing uh, that Star Wars game where you fly an X-wing. Uh, cool. So, so there we're at. But um, before we move on from news, just a real a real quick check in here with J.K. Rowling herself. Speaking of the auteur's <laughs> disrespect, um, uh-huh. J.K. Rowling. Uh, is now just like retweeting uh, epic bacon guys mm-hmm. on on her timeline instead of making her own transphobic tweets. Right. Uh, there was a, a tweet she she is uh, just retweeted this morning. I think um, maybe a little earlier um, from an account called Ban Banning Stuff, mm-hmm. whose avatar is a stock photo of a thinking chimp. Yeah, uh, who uh, who has some has some thoughts on uh, mixed uh, mixed gender rugby playing, mm-hmm. and how if you uh, if if I I am a six two former forward, if I announce I identify as a girl, Stonewall says it's okay for me to smash full tilt into a female fly half who weighs four or five stone less than me. When she has a life changing spinal injury because of it, that's fine because no one's feelings got hurt. So dumb as fuck. Um, this is my favorite genre. <laughs> big air quotes around favorite, but like this is one of my favorite uh, genres of like shitty transphobic dunks. This guy's post is really funny because if you scroll through his timeline, there's like a another post 
where he says, like, I got a spinal injury. And it's like, oh, so... <laughs> so, so you just kind of get spinal injuries in that sport, huh? Yeah, yeah. No one's ever gotten hurt playing rugby before. <laughs> that would be the very first time anyone has ever had a spinal injury because of a sport where you run into each other really hard over mm-hmm. and over again. My favorite part of this whole saga is that J.K. Rowling reached because this is a tiny account. They have like just over a thousand followers. Clearly, just some local transphobe activist, whatever. They uh, got retweeted by J.K. Rowling and, of course, uh, invited all of the, uh, you know, people who either follow J.K. Rowling and support her or the people who don't. And, like, they're all arguing in his mentions now. Yeah. This has frankly terrified him. Mm. Which is so good to me because this is one of those, like, classic masculinity accounts where, like, I, you know, if... I don't care about anyone's feelings getting hurt. I'm just telling you the truth. And this bio is, if you're bothering to read this, I have probably upset you. Don't be so emotional. It's Twitter. And then, mm. oh, oh, are people are, are people arguing in your mentions? Are people are people <laughs> being mean to you on Twitter? Oh, are you sad? Oh, no. I don't know, I don't know why J.K. Rowling retweeted this account. Yeah. I, wh- it seems weirdly deliberate, but it's also just like some like rando... With a stock photo chimp profile picture with like a thousand followers. And it's a thousand followers that I'm sure are all brand new, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure why she's not writing her own posts, but she's not really posting anymore. So it just feels very like calculated and weird. It's like I could see her retweeting it as kind of like a weird way to like both keep endorsing this on her platform Mm-hmm. But also to, like, put someone else in front of her, right? Mm-hmm. Or do you think she meant to hit like? Because this is the kind of stuff that she likes all the time, right? Right. Uh, uh, th- this is this is her shit, obviously. But yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm always tickled by these, like, these guys named Di- Epic Gentlemen, whose, whose <laughs> bios are like, don't be a snowflake. I, I speak the truth and I spit. I spit the facts, and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you're a little baby. And then if someone like says, "Hey, shut the fuck up," to them, they're like, "I am being attacked. <laughs> I am I am being held at gunpoint by the people who disagreeing with me on Twitter. They're all huge fucking wusses. Every single one yeah. of them. Uh, so it's always a delight to see that that kind of thing manifest. Mm-hmm. Just a, just a weird situation with Joe retweeting it and being like. I don't know. I can't tell if she's, like I said, like, if she's just, like, now using human shields, basically, and just, like, throwing lower lower follower count people in front of her while platforming these shitty ideas still, or if, or if she just, I don't know. Maybe I nev- she thought she was posting on private. <laughs> I never know how calculated she's being with this stuff. It doesn't really matter either way. It's just it's just fun to think about, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, good, good, good for that guy, I guess. Uh, uh, get over it. It's just Twitter. Hey, don't be so emotional. It's just Twitter. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's all I have for news this week. Shall we get into our reading for the episode? Oh, I guess so. <laughs> it's a real short one. Um, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. Uh, I didn't write much down, so... I guess I'll I get, us through. Th- I get the, the feeling events. we're going to be talking about Wikipedia, <laughs> Wikipedia more than we'll talk about this chapter. <laughs> Just a hunch. Harry finds a gnarly tree. 
And he says, this is, tree is so gnarly, I'm going to bury Moody's eye. Because this tree reminds me of him. And he does. And then he's going to go acquire some food. Because they have moved their camp to outside of a small village. Because Ron's been belly aching about wanting a bacon sandwich or something. Um, Harry comes back to the camp and says to Ron and Hermione, there are a bunch of Dementors in the town. I couldn't cast my Patronus. Ron's getting cranky. He's, he's, you know, he's pissed off. He wants to eat. He's all cut up. Um, and, and kind of gives him some, gives him some guff about like, well, why couldn't you cast the Patronus? You always do it. You're so good at it. It's your special skill. What happened? Um, and they just immediately figure out that it's the Horcrux. Um, and are like, oh, like, it's corrupting you, you can't cast a Patronus when you're wearing it, he takes it off, he's like, oh, there's a lightness to me, like, this thing was really bringing me down, um, and, but he also declares that they have to wear it at all times, otherwise it could get lost or stolen, um, and so they agree to take turns. But they have basically become completely aimless, they have no leads, they've been having the same conversations over and over again, um, you know, ring, cups, like, what what, what do we do? Cup, snake, um, tiara, <laughs> like, where where could they, Hogwarts, orphanage, what do we do? But they have no leads, uh, and the days stretch into weeks. We get the impression that, you know, they're getting worn down, probably both bet- like a combination of being out in the out in the wilderness with no, no real goal, uh, and also probably the corrupting influence of the Horcrux. Um... Ron picks a fight about food. Um, they have acquired a fish. Hermione cooked it. It sucks. Ron is like complaining. Harry thinks some t- has some toxic thoughts about how Ron's mom is always cooking for him. So he can't take it out in the wilderness and all this stuff. So they get into a big fight. We'll talk about the specifics there. But um, Harry ends up cutting them off and saying, stop, I hear something. Um, and Harry uses an extendable ear to listen into a conversation uh, of, I think, I think like four people who are also just like camping adjacent to them, but don't see them. Um, the people in the camp are... Two Goblins, Ted Tonks, Dirk Cresswell, and Dean Thomas. So I guess five people. Uh, and they kind of go around, and Harry is just, like, eavesdropping on them, and they're hidden um, by all of, like, the protective enchantments and stuff. Um, and they go through, like, basically, like, why they're on the run. Um, we get Dirk Cresswell's, like, partial backstory, which is that he was going to be arrested, um for doing something at the ministry, uh, but he made an escape. Ted Tonks is a muggle born. Um, and he's like, Oh, my wife will be fine though. Um, she's, she's pure blood. Um, the goblins are on the run because it's like sort of a little complex and they sort of kind of hide why, but it's like they're, they think that they're at risk because they won't fulfill a, a specific request from the ministry. And the ministry is kind of like exerting, control and like power over the bank and they're like we are we won't have wizarding masters we're not taking a side in this war it's not our war but we want we want to be in full control of the bank um so we are we are on the run now um we also get the impression of something that has happened at hogwarts which is um kind of like trickled out to us like what actually happens, but I will just say it. It was, I think, Neville and Ginny and maybe Luna broke into Snape's office to try to steal the sword of Gryffindor to get it to Harry um, 
but they were caught and Snape punished them. Um, and Snape, as a result, put the sword in Gringotts because he decided it wasn't safe. Um, but the goblins are having a good old laugh about it because the sword is fake. It's a goblin-made sword. Um, they have replaced it at some point um, with a with a duplicate. Um, they also talk about how the Quibbler is where all the real news is. Um, after the, this conversation is overheard, um, Harry brought Hermione question um, the portrait of Phineas, uh, the old headmaster that they, they have with them. Um, and they kind of learn that the Gryffindor sword has been imbued with basilisk venom and can destroy horcruxes. Um, and Dumbledore must have known that the ministry wouldn't give it to Harry. And so he must have duplicated it. And, but now they're like, Oh shit, we don't have any leads. Um, anyway, so we haven't really learned anything (laughs) or what to do next. Uh, Ron has a huge blow up and is like, fuck this. This is just another thing that we have to find that we have no idea on. We have no leads. We have no direction. Harry, you suck. I'm out of here. And Ron storms out. That's the end of the chapter. (sighs) I love Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Well, I don't, but (laughs) that's all right. This is. This is like Lord of the Rings for babies. This is Lord of the Rings for babies. Uh, Both in that it is a... This is like... This this chapter is where, among among many other weird details about it, I think what is most notable about this chapter is it it is where uh, the religious allegories and Mm -hmm. the, like, gender role stuff come to a very weird i don't want to say conclusion because of course there's a lot more probably with both of these things throughout the rest of the book but like they certainly come to a head here mm-hmm. yes uh, the bo- both intentionally and unintentionally this bit at the beginning where harry uh buries um the eye under the no- I, I immediately rolled <laughs> my eyes when I uh, when I read this, like started this chapter, and it's like <laughs> the most gnarled tree, old and gnarled. Do you get it? Um, <laughs> this uh, tree is so fucked up, just like me. This tree is so fucked up and gnarled and old. But he built he builds a uh, a grave and he builds a cross for the grave. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. Which, like, I would you know, in like any other non magic story i wouldn't think twice about but like here it is very interesting because harry has exactly zero thoughts about faith ever in this (laughs) in this series or indeed in this chapter while he's making a grave to like give someone a you know a, a christian burial and marking it with a cross a cross grave marker very interesting stuff I, I think that it's like this is one of those things. It's really easy to just come up with an in-universe like reason. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I like it, it is not unreasonable to me because we know like the the cultural context that Harry grew up in and and like watching TV and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. So I mean, it really from a explaining it in a like cinemason sort of way, <laughs> just being like, well, yeah, I mean, like he probably just is like, this is what you do when you bury someone. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, but what a, what a bizarre thing um, to bring up for this, this character that I think accidentally highlights how little of a character he actually is. 
Yeah. I mean, it's weird from two directions, right? Which is like, it's, it's weird for Harry to, well, it's less weird for Harry to think like, oh, this is what you do. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like that, that part is the part where that I can buy the most. But the part that I also think comes with that is that like, if Harry has enough like cultural awareness of that part, he would also need to be presumably like culturally aware that like that was what Moody's religion was <laughs> because otherwise it's a deeply disrespectful thing for him to be doing. <laughs> to, like bury someone with like the wrong grave marker. <laughs> like, well, well, I'm going to give you what I think is best for you. Um, so that, that's a little weird, right? I don't think I don't think these books ever should have acknowledged anyone being Christian. Yeah. And I'm not saying that because I don't it, that's just not what these stories are about. I mean they are, right? It's like a very Christian like metaphorical story. Yes. Um I guess the problem is is that if you don't want it to be about how someone with faith would work like would incorporate that into their worldview where magic is real. Mm-hmm. I feel like you just don't go there. Yeah, because that's the thing, right? Is it's it like it raises so many fascinating, like earnestly really cool questions. I think, like mm-hmm. if the story was about or or did incorporate these ideas of like, okay, these are British wizards with a deeply ingrained British culture. So yeah, they've like adopted or are still working in Christianity, you know, into wizardry, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a rich, rich ground for some really cool character work and storytelling, right? Because they're like sure. fundamentally at odds with like the teachings of the church, basically, but are still religious. And like that, that's always a fascinating story. Um, but because it doesn't do that and it doesn't acknowledge that doesn't do the work of like incorporating that into like the story as a major theme or a a major piece of a character's story um it just leaves this like cannonball sized hole that's like am i just supposed to assume that they're all christian because that if if i know that textually it makes everyone not talking about it extra weird (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I just think that it would probably be a pretty big concern. And, like, again, I don't have a problem with these books not being about that. Because mm. I, I think it would be, like, pretty interesting if it were. Um, but it's not like it has to be. No. Um, but it's just, it's bizarre seeing them move through this world and not even consider it. Or in this moment, even if Harry, <laughs> who's apparently Christian, I guess like went to school and it didn't even like cross his mind to be like, Oh, what does this mean? Like for my like personal (laughs) faith, but to have him like do this and not have this moment. I don't, I don't know. It's, it is weird to have the characters be Christian in a Christian allegory. It's like the Venn diagram doesn't (laughs) quite work. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It it is. It is. Yeah. There are a lot of Christian stories or stories that are like, incorporating christian themes yeah that that like draw heavily on like christian imagery and whatnot but like don't 
ever uh, literally have their characters be practicing Christians, right? Mm-hmm. Usually for two reasons. One, because like it does make it weird because they would just recognize all of the imagery immediately, right? And it would just make the story like collapse on itself. Um, or that stuff's unintentional because it's just like like in 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 Western storytelling, Christian allegory is so it's like bone deep. Right, like mm-hmm. in 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 every in everyone, well, not everyone, but you know, and so in like the majority of of like, uh, you know, especially like like white British writers, right? Like it is it is a it's like an inescapable part of storytelling, and so a lot of people just aren't thinking about it. They just like naturally draw on these themes that they recognize kind of subconsciously. Um, and for th- I wouldn't think about it if Harry wasn't putting a cross on his grave, right? Yeah. It would just it's be like a, better that way. <laughs> it'd just be like a neat fact of the story that, like, oh, did you did you catch on that like uh, uh, Deathly Hallows is a is a resurrect you know is a, a Christian resurrection story? And you're like, oh, neat, and then you move on oh, with yes. your day. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, and then you move on with your day, and 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 just kind of go like, huh, I guess it had themes. Um, but but for for this book to walk such a weird middle path where it is, um, acknowledging. That the character like directly acknowledging or or hinting that the characters are Christian and that wizards are part of a Christian society, and to then deliberately not explore all the juicy things that that could mean, um, it makes it feel unfinished to me. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm being told half a story, right. Um, and it it's uh, it's a bummer because like i said like i think a, a story about like uh, uh how how did how how do these wizards who you know are 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 doing literal magic how do they grapple with their faith i think that's a fascinating story concept um mm-hmm. more fascinating than like anything that's been in this series frankly like um and to just ignore it completely is like oh okay then I mean, I would have liked that, but, you know, your story about them camping is cool, too, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we're about to be confronted also with the, like, tombstones of Harry's parents, which we'll get into with, like, Bible verses on them. Yeah. It's just, it it finds itself in a weird predicament, I think. And it it also, I think, just, uh, the, the... It is very weird to, and this is extra weird after reading because because we we kind of like went through some J.K. Rowling quotes on Christianity and like the themes in Harry Potter after we read this chapter. Yeah. Um, and I actually found her interview responses more interesting than I would have expected, mm. given the text. Yeah. There's especially the, the one in like an MTV interview or whatever, mm-hmm. where she's like. Uh, depending on what day you ask me, I will have a different answer for you based on, you know, do I believe on the question, do I believe in the afterlife? Mm-hmm. Which is a really interesting thing for her to say. And, and she goes on in that quote to say, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff in Harry Potter is me working through questions of faith. And I, <laughs> I find that answer very interesting, mm-hmm. but I also don't believe it. <laughs> because because there's nothing in this uh in this story 
that feels like it is exploring faith. It takes faith as a given. It takes faith as more of a given than a lot of like died in the wool Christian fiction does. It feels like a lot. I think that I feel like she must have just phrased it in a weird way because I, I obviously I don't know what she was specifically talking about, but it, it feels like it's much more like she had specific questions about her faith and explored them through the like theme of death, mm-hmm. right? Like the mm-hmm. idea that being be believing in the afterlife like necessarily means that you should embrace death. And she feels very like waffly on that theme, mm-hmm. even in the book that I could take as an exploration. Right. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. It's just there, there being so many um, ideas and like uh, uh, concepts presented to us in this series that kind of fly in the face of the idea of like, propping up a christian afterlife as like the you know the thing to search for it's uh it's interesting i mean like we even have this scene where uh they talk to a painting of a dead guy who is who is like alive (laughs) yeah and harry is just like you know accepted this is like yeah this is this is normal there is a there is a painting of a guy he's dead but he's alive in the painting and he'll live forever because of as long as the painting's there and that is such a cool idea and like the idea of a like uh, you know of a devout christian meeting a painting that more or less has a dude's soul in it which is also somehow separate from the soul stones that are bad and evil and hor- well yeah because, there, the, because there's immortality that's good yeah. Which I I mean, like I guess that that makes sense, right? Your immortal soul and and being with God and and on and on. Yeah. Um and there's immortality that's bad. Yeah. That is hell, right? And, and like, normally like Voldemort is unable to because he split his soul, he can never become reunited with God. Yeah. But but it, it is very interesting because like in norm, normally in this kind of story where like that is the theme, right? Is that there is a a good living forever heaven and a bad living forever hell. And like the right. pursuit of one will take you to hell. Uh, that's a really like easy idea in most stories, because normally the person who is like obsessed with immortality finds peace by accepting Christ or whatever, or going to heaven or, or, or believing the heaven is real. And that's that done and dusted. Cause those aren't contradictory ideas. It's like, yeah, you, you, you won't live forever physically but you will find eternal peace in 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 heaven blah 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 not not a problem in 90 percent of stories <laughs> in harry potter um your i i guess your soul can either be duplicated or placed into a painting or a ghost or a wand hologram or uh <laughs> or, or or a soul stone and the soul stone is bad the other ones are fine Presumably, also, if you're good, you can have a painting of yourself made and also go to heaven, but also linger on Earth as a paint. Like it just, it just suddenly all the wires start getting crossed, and you're like, "Wait a minute, what is? What was the metaphor here? What was the al- What was the Christian allegory again? Like, where, where are yeah, we? What are we and doing?" I guess, and I guess, like my genuine 
like, or I guess most generous answer to that is that it is J.K. Rowling trying to grapple with a question that she can't answer for herself, yeah. right? Yeah, because it's yeah. that back and forth between her struggling to, like, with, like, personal loss in her life and saying, like, oh, this can't be good, right? Mm-hmm. But it has to be because that's my faith and then the back and forth there. So there's, yeah, there's like, yeah. a good, good reading of it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but you would expect but, if that if that was the reading and that was her working through it consciously, as she says, you might get a little more meat on the religious angle of the story, right? Like, it, well, yeah, and I mean that, that comes back to the Deathly Hallows problem, which is I feel like the the story itself is so condescending in trying to like tell you something <laughs> mm-hmm. important. Yeah, but when you read it, you're just like, I don't know if like she figured out the thing that she's trying to tell us, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't buy. Like, like, I guess it comes back to, like, sometimes a story can be good and you can really buy into and enjoy a story where someone is telling you something or the message is, like, something that you don't agree with. Like, yeah. I love, I love The Last Battle by C.S. Lewis, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I lo- the auteur's I love, respect. I have the auteur's respect. And I love the part where they're, like, going into the portal to heaven or whatever because yeah. the earth is getting destroyed and it's, like, the rapture. And there's those, like people that didn't accept Aslan or whatever and they're like st- standing there like self-satisfied but they don't even see the portal they can't go to heaven mm-hmm. Susan doesn't get to go to heaven because she was too interested in boys and forgot about Aslan <laughs> um like I like I, I love that book um and that's one where it feels like it's like I feel like it knew what it was doing auteur's respect I don't think this knows what it's trying to say. Well, and it, yeah, and it, it, it knows what it's trying to say, but and it also tells a satisfying story about all those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, like like the, those people who are getting left behind and are acting all smug about it. Like there is still an arc throughout that series in that book that builds on more than just like the basic well they're not Christian stuff and and more. Like, it, it constructs a world where, like, that argument makes sense, right? Yeah, Burn in Hell, Susan, why did you forget about Aslan? He's, like, a cool <laughs> you, lion. He's... You got to ride around on a cool flying lion. What is your problem? <laughs> exactly. And, and, and like you say, like, it's not it's not a worldview or conclusion that I agree with, but, like, as a piece of art about someone's internal struggles with faith, I'm like, yeah, that's a... What a what a what a wild conclusion, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's why you deserve a spot on the auteur's respect board. <laughs> um, but but with Harry Potter, you don't get like the, the, that that groundwork is never laid. Like there there is no question about faith. Um, it is just there. And I think that part of what makes it frustrating, too, is that that could also be interesting. Like I said, like the idea that like, yeah, wizards are Christian. That's the and and it's not a big deal. And like, that's the end of the story. I'm like, okay, like, like, sure. That's like an interesting wrinkle in it that I would I would wouldn't mind some just like basic, you know, world building delving into. Um, But uh, it doesn't either. It, It doesn't it doesn't doesn't take either path. It's just like squarely in this weird middle zone where it exists and it's sort of the theme of the story but it doesn't do its own work to make the happenings in the story have anything have any bearing on the themes right like it is it it just does nothing either 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 direction 
Yeah, I just feel like it really wants to have it both ways. Mm-hmm. And I also just think that J.K. Rowling um, has a particular bent that I feel more, I guess, less and less generous toward as I learn more about her <laughs> and her personal beliefs, where mm-hmm. I think that she has a very strong idea of what is what is good and right uh, particularly for British society or white society, right? And so yes. it is that, like, I don't think she's really interested in the question. I think that she's like, British people are white and Christian. Yes. I, I, I mean, there's that, that. That's all there is to it, right? There is that very telling quote. We, we'll, we'll get into it more in depth in the chapter where Harry finds the gravestones. Mm-hmm. But there's that very telling quote you found where she talks about, like, yes, it is a British story, so of course there's Christian writing on the gravestones. Yeah. And, and, and like, I, huh. just think that's, I think that is patently wrong. Like, I, <laughs> right. I, like, yes, in our world, as it exists, I would expect to find many Bible verses on tombstones. Like, very good <laughs> fucking observation. <laughs> like, I, I, I kind of I got that figured out. But I'm like, this is a world where there are secret wizards. And, and I don't, you just can't say, like, oh, well, they're British, so of course they would be Christian. Yeah. They're yeah, wizards. I mean, yeah. I just, just don't think that's such a given. <laughs> it, it, assuming that it is a given is just so revealing of her worldview. It's like, no, this is inherent. Like, like if you are, if you are in England, you are white and Christian. (laughs) Like that is just the normal thing to be. And it's like, I mean, like, I guess statistically, but not like morally, right? Like (laughs) that's not a, that's not a like God given to pardon, pardon the phrase, uh, 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 truth. Right. And I mean, I do think it, it, it hints at a more interesting answer to that question that she is like extremely dismissive of and says well they're they're british of course they're christian and it's like i want i there is something like you said like fascinating about that does hermione go home for the summer and go to church with her parents and (laughs) what is that like to sit down as someone who can make magic and and like what does she take communion where they're you know like transfiguring the blood of Christ. And did she say, I could transfigure this into like molten gold. Like, what is that? What is that like? And that's okay that the books don't want to be about that. But, mm-hmm. Like, don't, don't go there. Cause that's just wild. Well, I mean, like it, 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 it also just like makes a lot of like character work confusing. Mm. Like if you even, even accepting that, like, yes, if we are like just looking at this statistically, most of the characters in Harry Potter in real life would be like from Christian families, right? Would Hermione like right? Is Hermione a religious person? I feel like she's kind of like the antithesis of a of like a, your typical religious person for someone who like is actively going to church and like has faith, right? Like, I mean, it, on the flip side, it could be a very interesting wrinkle for her. Like, like if, if she was religious and like, that was just a totally different side of her, you know, if there was some like, I mean, like, yeah, for love of God, give Hermione some plurality. Like, that would be great. Right. Like if, you know, everyone assumes that she wouldn't be a Christian, but she actually is. And she takes a lot of stuff on faith, just not schoolwork. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, again, you could go either direction with it and it would be fascinating. Mm -hmm. But by doing neither, you're just like, well, I guess she's Christian. question mark yeah maybe (laughs) yeah maybe no story she's british and white so maybe she's christian 
There's there's one Jewish student at Hogwarts. There are no Wiccans. <laughs> Everyone else is Christian. That's all we know. Yeah, hooey. So yeah, that's the that's that's the thing that I got real stuck on at the beginning of this chapter when as Harry made this grave under the very gnarled tree. The tree was old and gnarled. Do you oh, get gnarled it? like Moody? Oh, like Moody. Oh. <laughs> oh, was he gnarled? Oh, was he old and gnarled? Oh. Still old and fucked up. Oh, oh yeah. Damn. Oh damn. I get it. <laughs> oh. Hey, we're camping. Yep. We don't know what to do next. Time to go on to to a, a video game walkthrough to figure out where to go. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, this chapter, like the camping stuff, is really funny to me because <laughs> it. It does successfully build a like sense of malaise, I think. Um, like I, 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 I am getting frustrated and bored reading it and going like, yeah, please, for the love of God, I agree with Ron. Find something, pick something to do. <laughs> I don't know how intentional that is because the problem is most of the book has felt like that even before they started camping. Like, yeah, this isn't really a new feeling right like they 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 spent multiple chapters in grimald place equally aimlessly right uh i uh i just don't um i i don't know if i'm like like just giving the book too much credit here i'm like yeah i i i get it i feel the malaise because i'm like yeah also it could just be because it's bad and boring sometimes it is just bad and boring you know it, it's I I really I'm really with Ron here um, when Harry when Harry says that he keeps having visions and it's of Grindelwald's face and he can't figure out who it is I'm just like me and Ron are going feral I just can't take it <laughs> oh my god that is still the funniest part of like last chapter is Harry forgetting who that was 30 minutes after seeing it uh, I keep seeing it. I just can't remember. I just don't know. I just... The great part is, is that if he figures it out, it literally is meaningless. Like what? Like I know it's Grindelwald, but what does that do? Yeah, it's 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 equally as useless a piece of information as the um as the sword thing that they they overhear later. It's like we keep getting delivered anti clues. Like every, it's like all we get are clues. Mm -hmm. But the, the the conclusion, like, instead of having a mystery to begin with where the clue makes something make sense, mm -hmm. and we go like, ah, instead we get a clue and we go, what does this do? Because <laughs> we haven't been presented with the mystery. Yeah, yeah. What, or, like, it. This this is almost, like, this almost feels meta to me. Mm -hmm. Like, this, this has the... Um, this has the like same vibe as a story that's like about the author getting stuck and not knowing where to take a mystery <laughs> because they because the, they they keep on running into clues that don't mean anything. They have no plan because a character never told them what to do. And so like this is like a weird story where like the puppet strings have been cut off of characters. And they're, like, left to their own devices without the author's guidance. They're just, like, bumping into everything, going, like, oh, please, for the love of God, I need I need someone to go camping right next to us very conveniently and tell us a clue. They'll also be useless. Like, it is, it, it is, like, kind of fascinating, really, to, like, just think about the broader context of this book and, like, 
this this as like a conclusion to this like big big seven book saga and for like the bulk of the like first half of their adventure is them being like i don't know i don't know what to do <laughs> which is <sighs> it's kind of genius in that it feels yeah. like a little bit creepy and like sort of meta you're right i did not think of it that way and now i'm like going back through through it all and thinking of ron saying like okay fine let's go search all of albania that'll be easy and like what a crazy thing to say first of all yeah. and like second of all like yeah i guess that is what it's like when you take characters in a novel and just take them off the rails right yeah. like why why not let's go search an entire country like what there's no there's no direction there's no story mm-hmm. what do we do i mean like also from the meta angle there is like a version of this where it it's like secret genius because like this is almost like the anti coming of age story <laughs> where it's like you know normally in these in these like coming of age ya you know like teen teen protagonist stories it's like you know you're 17 you're the chosen one and here is exactly what you need to do to save the world and here they're like I don't know what to do. I, I'm 17. I'm pissed off. I don't know what to do. I'm hungry. Uh, I'm 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 horny all the time. I'm I'm I like a, I I I think Hermione likes Harry more than me. Uh, you know, just like like there's there's an angle to this where it's just like oh, this is just like some more dramatic, realistic teen angst than you would get in a story like this, but doesn't doesn't does just doesn't quite get the the needle in the right spot for it to be like simultaneously frustrating and interesting, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's I, a lot. I think, the, I think the problem is that I have absolutely no sympathy or like, I, I do not put myself in the place of Harry right no. now. And I know that that's what it's trying to do, but mm-hmm. I, because I'm impatient with the story also, I'm just yes. like, can you figure it out, please? <laughs> yeah. I have no empathy for Harry at this point. Because he is making the story boring for me, too. Right. <laughs> like, everything Ron does is, like, it just feels like me reaching through the story and yelling at Harry. Because he's just like, ah, p- p- do something, please. Like, I'm I'm poking, I'm poking Harry Potter with a stick. Like, please, fuck. It's, it's, it's Dudley yelling at the snake to do something in book one. Like, that's presented as a bad thing there. But I'm like, no, the, the, Harry, do something. You're the protagonist, please. The one thing that he does in this chapter, we don't even get to see. Yes. Oh, yes. The beginning. Yes. After he, uh, after he, uh, you know, makes the grave under the gnarled tree for mm-hmm. Moody to, to, to rest under, we like warp away to this village because Ron wants a bacon sandwich and Harry gets halfway down the path to the town. And then we just cut to like, oh, I couldn't do the Patronus. This is a weird yeah. scene. Just, Why is it that way? I don't know. I can't figure like why did we not want the scene of Harry going into the village and having I, like I guess I, I mean this is purely speculation on mm-hmm. what happened because we don't get to see it, right? Mm-hmm. But I there are like a few different versions of the scene where he goes to the village and he's like, "Oh good. Oh wait, something's not quite right. Why are there dementors here?" And then being like, "Oh, I can save all the muggles." Uh-oh, I can't. Like the savior thing, whatever, but we don't get to see any of that. Mm-hmm. We hear him come back and say that he couldn't do it. Why? It's very anticlimactic and also like the 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 really weird. This is where the um 
the like uh, 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 gender role stuff comes in that I was alluding to. Yeah. The the weird emasculation undertones this stuff has mm-hmm. is truly surreal. Uh, because there's this scene where he comes back and he like tells Hermione like, "Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't do the Patronus, and there's the mentors there." And already a weird moment because we didn't actually get to see it happen. We didn't, we didn't get, uh, 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 just like the, just like the warping away from Grimmauld Place thing. We hear about something that sounds like an exciting scene in <laughs> retrospect. Um, but. There's this bizarre scene where he's like, "Oh, I I couldn't do it." And she's like, "But oh, but you're you're so good at it. You're you're always doing it." Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, "What the fuck? What is happening here?" Very weird thing to to bring into this story. It makes me feel like something weird is going on. Like the the effect that it has is like, "Oh, is Harry?" I mean, I I guess it is right because the answer is the locket, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't, like, erase his memories. So I'm not sure why we don't get to see the scene, because we have no... And, and when the conclusion is, like, the locket is is making you all fucked up, but it doesn't show you what it was like for him to feel fucked up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, what? <laughs> yeah, we just hear about it in in his description after the fact. Yeah, it's very... For a chapter that's not exactly action-packed, it's weird that that is relegated to a, like, a cut. Uh, like that. I mean, isn't it interesting, or wouldn't it be interesting to find out in what way the Patronus failed? Because we have seen him fail yeah. at making a Patronus before for various reasons. Like, yeah, yeah. He failed at it when he was trying to to learn it, mm-hmm. and it was like kind of like told us something about him and his character and his like trauma mm-hmm. and and all of that, and and then obviously into the story about how he like finds happiness and stuff, but it's like, in in what way, in what way did it fail? Like, did he, did he fail to think of something happy? What did he try to think about? Like, what does, what does the Horcrux like make him feel? Mm -hmm. Cause that seems kind of important. Right. Yeah. And also on a more base level, like, was there an exciting chase sequence? You know, Mm. like did, did, did he like, triumphantly point his wand at a dementor and then it like kind of like sputtered and no no patronus came out and he had to like run away be like oh shit right like like just 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 on like a basic like plot momentum level i'm like couldn't couldn't this have couldn't some sort of like action sequence or or like running away sequence take precedence over like some of this fucking camping or them going to the orphanage and seeing that it was built over them going like well i always knew it would wouldn't be here. Like, okay, cut that part out then. <laughs> that that's the one that drives me the most crazy is was when when I I I I like the aimlessness of some of uh, some of this chapter. Like I I I feel I feel the vibe that it's going for. But the one where like we see a piece of their repeating argument that they're all having, right? Mm-hmm. Um and and Harry is like, oh, it, it, like the, the places I know are Hogwarts, the orphanage, uh, and like the cave or whatever, where the where the Horcrux that we have already was. Mm-hmm. And this thing where where like they go to London, they go to the orphanage, and it's been built over. And Harry's response is, 
Oh, I always knew that it wouldn't be here because Voldemort hated this place, actually. So why did we do why did we spend a paragraph doing that then? I'm wrong. Again, <laughs> I'm wrong. Why did we do that then, you fucking asshole? Why did we <laughs> Why did you waste my time with this? You're, there could have been a Dementor scene here instead. Why I, I'm gonna ask this every single chapter in this entire book. Yeah. Why is this a secret mission? Why can't they ask people for help? Yeah. Why can't they go into the world that we like and like talk to characters we know mm-hmm. and like get some ideas? Mm-hmm. It is so frustrating. It's so boring. Yeah. Being the, the like the way that this chapter separates them from the world is like interesting for half a chapter. But really, it just makes me wish that they were at Hogwarts, it, it, or or that they were interacting with characters that we like, or if they were if they were gathering if they were gathering like the the remnants of the order again, rather than like finding items that were brought up in this book for them to collect. There, there's just such a like, like this is getting ahead a little bit, but like when when Dean Thomas shows up, I'm like fuck yes. But they like can't talk to him. Why? For some reason. Yeah. Why, why can't, can't like, they? Why can't Harry be like, oh, Dean? Oh, these people are on our side. We should talk to them. Yeah. As soon as as soon as it's revealed that they are all people who are like the good guys, why on earth can they not just like come out of the tent and be like, hey, I'm here. You you were talking shit. Heard you were talking shit. Like like here I am. Harry is here. But uh, I guess I guess it's got to be a secret because. Dumbledore said so? It just, it's, that is the only reason. And I'm okay with, like, I'm okay with that if it leads to more fun, but this book just isn't, there's no fun stuff in it. It's not, it's really not fun having Harry go like, I'm sorry, I couldn't cast a Patronus, and Hermione going like, oh, they make pills for that, you know? Like, it's just, it's, (laughs) it's so dry and boring. Like, also, Hermione as well as Ron being more sympathetic than I think he's supposed to be in this chapter, Hermione in this moment is a fucking angel for not going, hey, oh, that's a bummer you couldn't cast a Patronus. I wonder what that's like. Like, after after he was such an asshole about it the day before or whatever. Right? Yeah, I would I would be on his ass for that one. Uh, so Hermione, hats off to Hermione uh, for not just, like, tearing into him on that one. I kind of wish that Hermione and Ron had left. Like, if it's really, <laughs> yeah. if it's really doing this bullshit thing, uh, like where it's supposed to be, like, uh, like they're isolated and miserable and aimless. Like, at least lean into that and mm-hmm. have Harry be actually isolated and have to to learn something or grow mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah, it's um, it also really. Uh, uh, makes it extra frustrating when the um, the source of like all the discontent isn't like rooted in like their very real and valid frustrations with Harry and the quest. Mm-hmm. It's also because they have an evil soul stone that they have to wear for some reason. Like it is really weird that they when Harry comes back from his Dementor fuck up, Hermione is just like oh. I figured it out. You gotta you un- unequip that. 
Un- unequip unequip the uh, the uh, handsome autograph or whatever it is from Yakuza Zero that makes all the enemies attack you harder. Uh, then, mm-hmm. And then you can cast your Patronus. It's oh yeah, it was the object I was wearing. It was the object I was wearing, and that made me unable to. It's so, like that. That's bizarre, and it's extra bizarre that they like. I get it. I get that Lord of the Rings is very influential, and <laughs> the object of power that makes you that makes you miserable. Um, but you know, if as as long as you're in proximity with it, is a, if that's a cl- classic, moi, chef's kiss, classic fantasy thing. The problem is that like that works in Lord of the Rings because one, the ring is a very like uh uh loose and like broad metaphor for like the temptation of power, right? And so like yeah. there's a reason why everyone goes crazy around it, or like it makes excuses for wanting it. And and like if, and that's the part that's making them act negative, right? Right. It's, it's not. It's not that like it. It's it's not emanating bad vibes. It is showing that the desire for power corrupts people, right? It's not emanating bad vibes. <laughs> it's not emanating bad vibes. The ring does not emanate bad vibes. It brings the bad vibes out of you. You bring the bad vibes to the ring. Oh shit. That's crazy. Because because you want power, and that's a why, bad vibe. Why did Boromir have such bad vibes? <laughs> why did they let someone with such bad vibes go on the mission? <laughs> but that's the whole thing with Boromir, right? Is because he 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 has very he has noble reasons for having bad vibes. He he thinks that that getting the power of the ring will will save his his homeland oh they think it's he thinks it's gonna help his vibes he thinks it's going to help his vibes vibes. but really Uh it just makes his vibes worse and proves that no matter what the desire for power is corrupting no matter how noble um when they were having the meeting and assigning everyone to the mission (laughs) did anyone speak up and say like no i think this guy has bad vibes (laughs) the part where he's like oh we could we could wield this power against mordor and legolas raises his hand and is like dude you are killing the vibe right now. <laughs> this is not the vibe we want for the fellowship. <laughs> you oh, are I really, wish we were doing Lord of the Rings instead. You that are, sounds like a blast. You are harsh. You are harshing. <laughs> you are harshing this meeting, bro. <laughs> but, but my point is, not, sorry, sorry to go on a big tangent here. Why doesn't Tom Bombadil deliver the ring? I'm not just saying that because Tom Bombadil's really funny, but I assume that he's like the guy that doesn't even have any bad vibes, so he would be like immune to it, right? Uh, you know, it's I, I think that even Tom Bombadil looks at the ring and is like, ooh, gotta go, actually. Uh, I, really? Yeah, I think. he He doesn't want anything to do with it. Uh, I thought his whole thing was that his vibes are good, but maybe that's the that's the his, idea, his, right? Yeah. His vibes are so good that he he does, he doesn't want like it's not even a temptation to him. Yeah, his his vibes are good. He's chilling in the woods. He he goes out he goes out every day to collect berries and 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 honey and do a little dance and talk to the animals. And he goes home and he bangs his smoking hot elf wife. <laughs> He's he's got it made. He does not need need or want the ring, and and honestly, it's everyone else's business, not his. I bet he would have noticed Boromir's bad vibes. <laughs> Tom Bombadil would have just been. He would have. He he is the vibe master. He would be like, like don't oh, bring no. this guy. Don't bring that guy. Find a different guy. He's got 
he he's you know i all respect to him i have the auteur's respect for boromir (laughs) (laughs) but but the vibe is off so i so from like lord of the rings we got it that one works yeah thumb thumbs up yeah i get that we get why the characters want it and also i think the key thing too is that you don't need to be wearing it uh, 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 just being even knowing of the ring is corrupting. Mm-hmm. Which the Horcrux thing tries to do too, and makes no sense, right? Because they try to do the thing where it's like it's not in any books, and you can't read about it, mm-hmm. and it's like it's too fucked up to even talk about. Yeah, yeah. So like, even even knowing that that the power of the ring exists is 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 corrupting. Um, and. Having the Horcrux kind of do a similar thing is really weird because one, I, I the the one lampshade that sort of works is Harry saying, uh, "I don't want to lose this thing, right? Like, like I don't, I, I, it would be bad if we lost it." So while they're traveling, I get that someone should be wearing it when they're having their very important like tactical conversations. Having one member of the group ha- having to like be wearing the bad vibes generator just seems like (laughs) just like a real issue and like i don't know maybe you could take it off and just like put it on the table where you can all see it while you're having this conversation right here's here's the problem Mm -hmm. the horcrux doesn't do anything right like the ring is power yeah that's it's that's just what that is right yeah and it's like very metaphorical but it's also in the story literal power is mm-hmm. that right yeah more or less does it make you like king of the world or it doesn't, I, I don't, you, there is no at no point in lord of the rings do you like other than it like making frodo invisible like it, you putting it on doesn't like give you access to like oh okay i have an army now or whatever <sighs> right that's it's, so that is so sick why do those books have to be so <laughs> boring to read you, like it's like Everything I hear about Lord of the Rings, I'm like, that is that is sick. That is so cool. And yeah. then I try to read them, and I'm like, this is the worst is, experience yeah, in my life. It is just like the concept of power, basically. Oh, it's so cool. It's fucking um, sick. Yeah. The, Horcru- the Horcrux doesn't do anything. Right. It just has a bad guy's soul in it. Having it doesn't do anything for you, right? Like, it it is, it is arguably power for Voldemort, because mm-hmm. he can't kill I guess, but it doesn't, it doesn't imbue anything. Right. Right. It, uh, it, it has nothing to, it's not a metaphor for anything. (laughs) It's it's literally a guy's soul. That's the problem. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, um, Oh, so it's just gesturing at Lord of the Rings because we all know it, but doesn't have any internal logic that's, in that's the story. Earnestly kind of the vibe I got. Got to bring up the vibes again. I'm 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 wearing the bad vibes generator now. <laughs> but it but yeah, it's like it is it is using this I mean honestly, kind of similar to the Christian imagery stuff where it's like it is it is using a very recognizable like concept of like the oh there's the powerful artifact that makes you angry when you when you touch it or whatever. Uh, but normally in stories that like represents something. <laughs> this is this is um the Blizzard guy saying you guys all have phones, don't you? But it's J.K. Rowling getting up on the podium and saying you guys have all seen Lord of the Rings, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know what this shit is. 
It's I mean, or or to, to follow the the Blizzard thread more. It's the like you know what what is the nature of evil? Oh, it's uh, green or purple goo. <laughs> like it's a, it's a, it's a bad guy's soul in a rock. <laughs> um. It, it's so weird because it, it wants to like go through the motions of Harry being like, no, we have to wear it at all times. But there's no there's no temptation, right? right. There's no option. Voldemort is trying to kill them. It's not like Harry is having this like choice where he's like, oh, I could join him and become more powerful. I'm Darth Vader now. Like that's not on right. the table. Right. There's no. There's no like there's no siren upside. song part yeah. of this. Yeah, 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 right. Like, this, this, the strength of... <laughs> sorry to bring Lord of the Rings up again. But, like, the, the strength that Frodo has is the ability to carry that thing without, without going, like, damn, I could, I could be powerful with this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, you know, everyone around him eventually, like, a lot, you know, Boromir, like, fails that test. He's like, I, I, I want the damn ring. I, I want the power. With this, it's just a it's just a object that makes you angry. It's just it is it is a pure obstacle, and there's it's nothing. A tr- it's wrong. a trinket. It's a trinket for berserkers, <laughs> <laughs> right? But even a trinket for berserkers gives you you know plus fifty two haste or whatever. Like, yeah, you attack really fast, but it just drains your HP. Yeah, like the. There's nothing wrong with like having a pure obstacle in a in a in a story, but if it's a pure obstacle, then it needs to be more interesting and engaging, and like like they need to like you could work with the lampshade a little bit more and have like okay why why does someone have to wear it? Honestly, it, I would take I would take this as an explanation. Be just fine with it. If it's on a table, it just grows freaky legs and starts walking away. Ooh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Why I mean, why not? Right. Or, or like, you know, may, do you think that like Voldemort, while he's out in Albania, um, do you think that he has someone? Maybe he's got Malfoy, like sitting in 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 a chair somewhere, and he's like, "All right, I need you to hold your wand up and say, uh, uh, Accio Slytherin's locket, <laughs> over and over and over again until it shows up," mm-hmm. and like, you know, maybe maybe the. Harry's like, okay, yeah, we gotta wear this, you know, keep it on this chain, because otherwise it's gonna zoom away. Honestly, that would be so like freaky if they were wearing it and it like started being pulled away. Like, yeah. there's like, there's like cool stuff, but there's no fun allowed in this book, right? <laughs> yeah, totally fine with it just being an obstacle and not being a metaphor for anything, but it needs to be a fun obstacle in that case. Mm-hmm. And it's not a fun obstacle; it's just a thing that like vibrates and like makes everyone pissy. Uh, and, and I guess the other problem too, is that like, not only is it like, oh, it just makes people pissed off or whatever, but like the things that people say when they're wearing it and pissed off are just kind of like completely valid for the most part. It's not like Ron is like, you know, the, the girl in the exorcist and her head, his head's spinning around and he's like, ah, suck a cock. Like he's not, he's not like, (laughs) he's, he's not like freaking out or anything he's just kind of pointing out other than like kind of being bitchy to hermione about the food stuff like everything he says about like hey it would be cool if we ate normal food hey uh do we know what we're doing like hey uh i would like to know if my family's alive please like all of those things are completely reasonable 
Yeah, and he's like super injured still. I don't know. It's it like you said. It's not like Exorcist. Like oh, like something is wrong. Yeah, but I think you could go like a horror angle with it pretty easily because it's Voldemort's soul, right? Whatever. Like Ron was wearing the bad vibes uh, Horcrux, <laughs> uh-huh. and the, and like Hermione was like, "Why don't we check the orphanage?" And Harry goes, "Why don't we check Hogwarts?" And Ron goes, "Why don't we kill a baby?" I like killing babies. Ah! Like, you know, that would be something. <laughs> They'd be like, Ron, when did you become such a sicko? <laughs> I just I just feel like if you're not going to have it represent anything thematic, at least make it like a, a cool obstacle that makes 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 you a sicko if you wear it for too long. Yeah, I mean, because the, in, in the form that it exists now, it's like, the text is like begging you not to notice that it that isn't Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it's well, like, please remember Lord of the Rings and don't question this. The, the part of it too that, that is so interesting because, like, if so, we're supposed to believe that this is like a piece of Voldemort's soul, mm-hmm. and I don't. Uh, we don't have, and we don't. We don't. We don't necessarily like need this or anything, but it's very interesting. Like the concept of splitting souls mm-hmm. is very interesting for fiction. Um, and if this is like truly the most evil guy in the world's objectively evil soul, mm-hmm. un, un, irredeemable, unsavable, just, just the worst guy in the world's actual living soul, you would just think that it would like affect you more than making you like hangry, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, I, this isn't an unbelievable conversation. Yeah. It's just what a guy, like a normal guy who's pissed off would say normally. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, it's mean, right? Like, yeah, he's probably a little out of pocket. Um, but, but at the same, like, it's not like, oh, this is unbelievable or this is someone under like some sort of dark influence. Yeah. Like, like, and it makes me wonder, like, how the soul splitting thing works because we, we've seen Voldemort as he is. With only one eighth of his soul, right? Uh, and he's still kind of like a like a like a petty bitch, right? And like like he he has cool dunks. He yeah. uh, he complains about the furniture. Um, but like, is this just like the part of Voldemort's soul? Did he like did he like break off the part that makes him like need a Snickers sometimes? <laughs> is that is that all this is like? If is there is there a chance that like like is it just like is, is this just supposed to represent like oh his overall negativity or like are they gonna find like another piece of his soul and they're gonna get like like ah Voldemort removed the horny part of his soul also <laughs> and it like makes and I, it makes Ron super randy all the time like I just I'm just like imagining <laughs> like like what things you could do to make this fun yeah you could do like a seven deadly sins thing right oh, like you could have yes! one be like wrath or whatever or one and they sleep a lot <laughs> yes oh fuck that'd be so good yeah there's just there's just one one horcrux that just makes you fall asleep when you touch it <laughs> <laughs> the gluttony one just makes you hungry all the time yeah yeah I can see this. I like. I mean, like, again, like that's a, a fun idea, and there's no fun allowed in these in these books ab- anymore. Absolutely no fun allowed. They just they just need to want wander around the countryside aimlessly, complaining at each other. And again, like 
the Horcrux thing, other than just seeing that Ron acts hangry, we have no idea what the actual, like, experience is, other than Harry saying, like, oh, I'm in a better mood when I take it off. And a good way we could have seen would be maybe to see the Patronus scene where he fails to make a Patronus, but that was cut for some reason. There's a very telling line when Hermione realizes that it's the Horcrux making him mad, Mm -hmm. um, where he he takes it off and the and the book says he didn't even realize he had been cold and clammy and like feeling grumpy mm-hmm. so like he didn't eat, so he it's not even like a recognizable feeling to be wearing it which is like interesting like it's subtle but like it's again it's kind of no fun allowed i feel feel like this should be uh, uh, getting a little more wacky, right? Like a little more obvious, just to make it more, like you say, like more fun. I'm really attached to, like, the idea of the like exorcist style moments, right? Like yeah. you can even make it so that it's bringing out some of the worst traits in the individual characters, but have it just be so extreme, right? And and ridiculous, um. I think that could be like creepy. I don't think this is trying to be a horror novel. I wish it was because I, I like horror novels. And, and I guess we get the one scene of the snake that is honestly kind of reads very horror. But I don't know. This feels like kind of kind of like nothing. The um, Dementor part. I, I we talked about this last week, but I talked about how it's like when you're playing a role playing game and you like hear information and then you recite the information to your party, but you can kind of like shortcut it by being like, okay, I told the party the information. (laughs) This did the opposite where it's like the action was cut out and all it is, is you reciting the information to your party. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I rolled a 20. I win the fight. Like no, uh, no, no, like, uh, uh, flamboyant explanation of how, right. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Um, so I'm just skipping through here because there's there's really a lot of camping and and the ways here. Um, we're almost at the goblin stuff, but the kind of culmination before that of the of the Lord of the Rings ne- negativity, negative vibes machine <laughs> is uh, them making dinner one day. And and Ron going off and uh, at Hermione for cooking a bad fish. This and dinner sucks. This dinner sucks. And this is this is a similar to the the um uh the 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 like weird emasculation subtext stuff with the uh, um, the Patronas earlier. Mm-hmm. The the gender vibes in this scene are kind of surreal. Yeah. Yeah. Hermione calls them out in she's, a surreal moment. Yeah, she's very close. She's so close in this moment. Yeah, but also like J.K. Rowling, you wrote it this way. You know? <laughs> yes, that is so it is so so Ron Ron's being an asshole. Uh, he doesn't like the fish. He's tired of eating the fish. And and Hermione finally snaps and says, Harry caught the fish and I did my best with it. I notice I'm always the one who ends up sorting out the food because I'm a girl, I suppose. And I <laughs> had to, I like did a double take reading this. 
Mm-hmm. And I sort of had the question, like, oh, has all of this been on purpose? And I, I've just, like, been missing this final piece. But also, no, I don't think so. <laughs> because, <laughs> because there is much more than just, like, being the one who cooks that that feels, like, just inherent to Hermione being a, a woman in this series. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think even if even if this was, like leading up to like this epic point i don't think that like works unless it's like a like a got like a gotcha mm-hmm. to the audience right uh, because otherwise it's like well okay but jk rowling specifically wrote them as in this scenario and then immediately slotting into their natural gender roles right. so I, I'm not sure how good a gotcha does does for us at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's it, we've we've now had three chapters of of them just like naturally, quote unquote, sublimating into their like hunter gatherer roles, right? <laughs> right, and also sort of like the implication here is like the bad vibes machine is making them fight, and if it wasn't there, then they would be naturally in their proper gender roles, and everything would be good. <laughs> It's right. sort of like the implicit part here. Yeah. It's, ju- it's just that Ron is is being grumpy. Ron's being grumpy and they're also all grumpy because they all have to touch the bad vibes machine. Mm-hmm. So there's sort of an element of like they're all sort of uh, acting the worst here is kind of what I picked up on it. So like I, I feel like Hermione might even be meant to be kind of unreasonable here. Like meant to be read as just like, oh, her, she's being equally as grumpy as Ron here. When it's like yeah yeah but I mean yeah and the, but the the way that it reads is that the bad vibes machine is ruining like the natural order of their like particular like gender assignments you know yeah 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 it's it's a very weird scene the I also think it like it's very telling that like in this moment where uh um Hermione is like calling Ron out on this it, she in the same sentence she's like kind of like rubbing it in his face and emasculating Ron by saying like, well, Harry, Harry caught the fish. Yeah. So so it's like, she's also just like full on sort of wielding the like traditional British gender roles thing at him. So very weird overall. I also just don't really, it's, it's a frustrating. I don't, I don't know. I think I'm too attached to my idea of Ron being, like, self-sufficient. Yeah. And, and that could be, like, good here, especially because he, like, can't be because he's injured, right? right. He has to let people take care of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a weird moment for him to be, like, to- like, his thing here, I guess, is that his or rather what the accusations that are flung at him are that like he takes his mom for granted and wants Hermione to be his mom. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I, I think, I think that that's a really good point. I mean, like, like we were talking about this yesterday, Ron, Ron, uh, is the young, he's like the youngest brother. He <laughs> feels very self-conscious about that. Um, he has constantly wanted to do something of his own, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't like being doted on previously. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets embarrassed when his mom dotes on him in front of people, and he uh, uh, doesn't like it when his brothers uh, mock him for uh, uh, 
um uh you know being a being like a mama's boy or whatever he doesn't like getting hand-me-downs he's very much someone who i think would kind of flourish in this situation right Mm -hmm. uh he'd be like fuck yes i'm going i'm gonna build a bow i'm gonna go hunting this rocks (laughs) like like fucking finally i can do something for myself um I also think that his weird, sudden naivete about, like, where food comes from is completely inappropriate for him, considering they're a poor family. It's inappropriate for his character, but also he's right. Like, I, I <laughs> right, can't, yeah. like, I can't, um, like, make those two thoughts in my head work at the same time, because mm-hmm. it's like, the Weasleys are a poor family, and they struggle, and we know that, like, capitalism is the thing in the wizarding world. Mm-hmm. S- s- but, but it's hard to, like, square that within the same chapter, like, Ron not realizing that, f- like, food has to be acquired. But then, like, two scenes later, we see them summon a fish out of the river. Right. It, it, his, I mean, like, he is only wrong here about, like... So he says, like, oh, yeah, before before this big blow up, he's like, my my mother can uh, summon an entire meal in five seconds or whatever. And he's being shitty, but also, like, he's kind of, like, voicing an audience question here. <clears throat> because up until this point, we have had absolutely zero indication of um, how food is made in this world mm-hmm. um, other than like house elves make it, but like they could still be making it with magic. Right. Um, yeah. We only know who does it. Yeah. Not we know how. Who, um, and not only that, but we have seen multiple examples to the contrary of what Hermione says here. Mm-hmm. Like you can sort of fit this Gamps law thing that says like, Oh, you can't like conjure food out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you can, sort of stretch that to fit a lot of the stuff we've seen about food in this chapter in this series, but it is a very precarious, uh, 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 patch job. I would say like we've seen McGonagall conjure piles of sandwiches. Like we've seen, uh, um, wine poured out of wands. We've seen sauce shot out of wands. (laughs) Um, And, like, you can sort of, like, fudge it and say, like, oh, the house elves had already made those sandwiches. I guess they just have, like, a sandwich depository that they're throwing sandwiches into (laughs) on the off chance that someone wants to summon them. Um, Maybe McGonagall was like, I'm going to summon some sandwiches for for Harry, uh, so make sure those are ready in an hour or whatever. It's, like, like... It's possible, but it's silly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so for that to be like twisted by Hermione in this scene, for like, oh, you fool, didn't you know there's Gamp's law of transfiguration? I'm like, actually, no, I didn't know that. You had seven books worth of material and opportunity to to tell me that, but you never did, Joe. Um, and. Not only that, but, like, this is not the only moment in this chapter where that happens. Like, when Phineas is like, 
oh, you fucking moron, didn't you know that paintings can only travel between paintings as long as they're in the same building? And I'm like, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? We've never, I've never seen anything that would indicate that. I just don't even feel like that seems true. Why, why, why would the, why would the paintings care what building they're in? Yeah, they need to, they, they can go between different paintings in the same building, but they can only travel out of the building. Why do they know what into a building an, is? Into like, another. <laughs> right. is, a, is a building like a, like something that has inherent, like magical implications in the way <laughs> spells work? Does a spell know what a building is? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, there, there's that. And so, like, this is just compounding this idea that, like, this gotcha that Hermione drops here that's like, you f- you fool, you fucking moron. Didn't you know that Gamp's Law says that you can't, you can't transform, you can't conjure food out of nothing? I'm like, well, no, I didn't know that because characters have, like, apparently been doing that all through this series. And also, like, thematically, it's supposed to be making Ron look like a spoiled brat or whatever. But, like... He, we just had a wedding where instead of laborers, there were just like magic champagne flutes floating around, right? So he lives in a world where like that, that labor is completely invisible and apparently like non-existent for the most part, right? Because you can just like, you know, you clean your kitchen with your magic, you, uh, you, you wait, you wait on tables with magic. So like him being like, damn, uh, can't you just summon food? Like, that's me. Again, similar to him going, like, can we please do something? Can we please have a, like, uh, a, 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 a clue to go on? Him going, like, can't we just summon food is me. I'm like, yeah, why can't we? What? Are we- yeah, well, but then and we just literally see them do that, like, a scene later. Yeah, like, I guess, I guess, it's, it, like... It's them, those, when, when the other guys are fishing and they just, like, say, Asio salmon and they catch the salmon or whatever, uh, why, why could Harry not have gone Asio bacon sandwich (laughs) or something? Like, this is a weird place in the game to introduce the idea that wizards aren't that powerful. Yes. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, you don't want to, I, I, frankly, I don't think that you should draw attention to it in this series, this idea that like, because this, again, this is another thing where it's like, this, this story is not a story about how, like, what a world without labor looks like, right? Mm-hmm. That's just a part of the, like, cartoon fantasy aspect, right? right? Yeah. I don't think we're supposed to think too hard about it when Dumbledore, no. like, cleans up. Uh, the house that Slughorn is hiding in with like a flick of his wand, right? Mm-hmm. Or makes a chair out of thin air. I don't think like uh, this isn't this is not a story about labor, right? And like exploitation mm-hmm. and or like a thought experiment about whether or not like if there was no labor, would people still be exploited? The answer <laughs> until, in this story until is the yes. House show up. Until the house elves show up, I'm ignoring that. So it just <laughs> seems like you don't you don't want to put put a spotlight on that. Mm-hmm. And this just really, really does. And frankly, I just don't think this like boxcar children think they're going for in this <laughs> chapter works. Because I just, frankly, I don't buy the idea that three wizards with the powers that we have seen them have would have any trouble getting food. Yeah. 
I like I can immediately think of one million ways they could get food, and most of them involve going to a grocery store because, <laughs> like, liter- like literally, what like what's going to happen? They're wizards. They can like control people's minds. They can be invisible. You telling me they can't go steal a bunch of food? <laughs> the the part where they like they uh, took some eggs. And bread from a farm is really funny to me. It's like, why couldn't you? Couldn't they just go to Tesco? Yes. If if if, if they can if they can do that, there's nothing stopping them from going to a Tesco. There's nothing stopping them from going to to a Nando's and going like, can I have some chicken, please? Or like, just s- saying like, you know, Accio fried chicken bucket, please. Like, there's no. I just had a thought. Oh my hmm. god. What. What if the Horcrux suppressed your magic? Mmm. What if by having the Horcrux around, you couldn't do all the spells that are good to do when you need food? Uh-oh, that would pre- present an obstacle to this, yes. Oh, fuck, then there'd be an obstacle, and Ron's like, can we please get rid of this fucking Horcrux I mean, so like, I can do spells? It kind of tries to do that, but in the dumbest way possible, and for something that we don't even see, Harry's like, <laughs> I tried going to one grocery store, but wouldn't you know it, there were monsters there. Guess that, like, guess we can't try a different one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, we can teleport anywhere at any time <laughs> and fly and and control people's minds and shoot fireballs. Um, but they're yeah, play- they tried one time Minecraft, and it didn't work. They're playing Minecraft with mods and they're still not <laughs> able to like, they're like, oh, I can't build here. There's a creeper and they just don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I just, they're. There's no reason for this to be the conflict unless you have an obstacle. And by making the Horcrux an obstacle, but only for one very specific spell, it, it makes it makes this drama less like drama and more just like a pain in the fucking ass. Like, like I, it's not fun. It's not fun for them. And I love, you know, I love a good story where the characters are not having fun. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I'm the reader. I want to have fun. <laughs> so you you gotta strike a balance there for sure. Yeah, I just I can like I think the Horcrux suppressing magic would be a good option. Um, but I'm just I'm not sufficiently bought into this survival camping can't get food. If I were a wizard, I would simply acquire food very easily. Is how I feel about it. I would simply summon it or become invisible and steal it or transfigure a mushroom into a turkey dinner. Like, just seems very doable from all the magic (laughs) we've seen so far. All right. Let's talk about the big moment. Let's talk about Dirk. Dirk Cresswell. Dirk Cresswell. Ted Tonks. Two Grip goblins. Hook. Grip Hook and Grop. Grop. What's the other guy's name? <laughs> Gornuck. Know. Gornuck is his name. And Dean Thomas. And Dean Thomas. Dean the character, Thomas is here. I, I was literally, because I forgot that Dean Thomas showed up in this book. And I was like, fuck yes, Dean Thomas. Harry should go out and, and, and say hi and that he could... Maybe Dean Thomas can adventure with them. Nope. 
No. I, like, I, I think that I had, like, the most, like, accidental comedy moment in this uh-huh. chapter that I don't think is supposed to be funny, but having it be like, oh, Dean dated Jenny is so oh funny. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. That part is insane. Um, but before we get to that, we, we've got to get through this, like, I, I would like to posit, I think that this, this takes the crown. Mm. This is the finest Hagrid's Hut clusterfuck <laughs> that we have had in this entire series. Uh, I, I think it's really tough. I definitely think it's up there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still obsessed with the, um, the one in Madame Rosmerda's only, oh, be- yeah. only because of the logistics of the invisibility cloak mm-hmm. and like maybe hiding under the table. <laughs> I, I feel, I feel like that one was just wild. And then also just the, 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 the idea the of like president the- being like, Oh, barkeep <laughs> want to hear something classified. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That part is uh, definitely, definitely gives it gives this one a run for its money. But this one is just so absurd because it's one the logistics of it. Like it's like they're not in a like they're not in a town. They're not in Hogwarts. Like they're not anywhere where there are like wizards around. <laughs> and so for a goblin, Harry knows Ted, who Harry knows the, Dean, who Harry met like a week ago or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, Dean, who is who is Harry's friend, to set up camp. Like it's not even a matter of like like there 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 are there are ways you can do stuff like this that work to you know to make to make it work to make it a story where like you know actions lead to other actions and consequences and whatnot. Like if if they like saw a bunch of lights across the river or something and harry threw on the invisibility cloak and like went over there to see what it was and it was this camping scene that would at least be like oh they like took it upon themselves to find out what what this was Mm -hmm. but instead this is them being interrupted by the sound of these people making camp literally like next door to them (laughs) like they're in the same campsite (laughs) they've got they've got the same uh, uh, pass for the year. Uh-huh. Like, oh, the se- the seasonal campsite pass. We have the same one. Wouldn't you know it? Isn't that crazy? We both parked our RVs in the same lot. That's wild. <laughs> how how big? This is this is so stupid. How big is Britain? Like, roughly, as like a state. That'll be my my geographical. Is it like Texas? You could fit the UK in California. I believe. Let me just double check to se- so I don't. How big is Britain? Uh, which state is closest inside the? Okay, the su- closest state in size to England is Louisiana. Uh, okay. Yeah. So okay. Right. So there you go. Fair enough. Um, I just think, <laughs> like, if I was at a campsite. And my camping neighbor was someone I went to high school with. <laughs> it's not impossible. But sure. I would be like, that's weird. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's all. So to have Harry be like, oh, someone I went to high school with. Also, a, the one goblin I know. Also, <laughs> Ted Tonks, who I, <laughs> who I met two weeks ago. <laughs> that's 
that's so weird right and no, it's it's and it's not only that it's not only like like i said i i would i would have no problem accepting this kind of convenience in a story <laughs> if it played with it a little like i said have them see have them think they're bad guys and have it turn out to be good guys have have them be across the river and like faintly uh, uh, you know, casting light and sound or whatever, like like just something to to make the reveal more of a like mm. aha moment, right? I, I think they could have done a joke about it too. Like if they if Harry for some reason got to talk to another character, if if he was like, um, if he said to like Dean, like Dean, what are you doing here? And they and they were like, oh yeah, we stopped off to see if we could get a bacon sandwich in the village, but there were Dementors there. I think that <laughs> yeah, that could have been like yes. funny, right? And it's like calling yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah. That yes, again. What if this story was fun? Oh. <laughs> um, but it's it's not only, like, the proximity of these characters, which is, like, like I said, it is, it is, you could smooth it out, but it is pretty funny. But it is the gamut their conversation runs that is, like, truly galling to me. <laughs> because it's, like, let me, let me just double check. It is, it is a long conversation, and we get, we get an update on what's happening at Hogwarts. Uh, and specifically Ron's siblings. We get... <laughs> we get um, a big hint that Snape is a good guy. Mm-hmm. We get um, the exact information about the Sword of Gryffindor you need. Yeah. We get uh, um, Ted uh, 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 signing his own death warrant. Yeah. Uh, big big death flags on his character here. Mm-hmm. Um, we get them having a better dinner than the one that Harry, Ron, and Hermione are having. So it's like, so we just get like that. We just get like that that thematic contrast there. Um, we get lore about the goblins, which I would say is eyebrow raising at best. <laughs> Um, and we get, like, uh, uh, an update on the, um, the Death Eater that is, uh, confunded right now. In the Ministry, or whatever. Mm-hmm. That we were told about in Chapter 1. We also get them talking broadly about, like, oh, do you believe in Harry? Uh, is Harry is Harry dead? Will Harry come back? I don't know if I have faith that Harry will return and mm. save us. <laughs> Interesting. And Harry is it's all and Harry is there and Harry is watch Harry is always with them. Hmm. It is There were two footprints in the sand. <laughs> <sighs> It is a lot. It is, it is, we get so much in this scene. It is, it is beyond ridiculous. The sword thing is so convoluted. Yeah. The, the sword thing is really funny. Cause they like, they, it, it, this conversation almost feels natural in the way that like the goblins are just sort of alluding to it because it's something they know rather than explaining it, like explaining the in joke. But then when they do explain the in joke, it's like, what? Okay. What? <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> like, kind of confusing i suppose yeah I, I don't it's just like what an extremely convoluted situation that was very conveniently explained so we don't have to actually like grapple with the thing itself yeah i mean it's con- it's convenience all the way down and again 
just like the just like the 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 um apparating scene just like the uh uh patronus scene we are robbed of an emotional scene imagine if harry did get the sword or so he thought and found out that it was a fake and it wasn't able to break the the thing open and now you got it like we, we, ah we it's 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 infuriating The sword is pregnant with basilisk venom. The sword is pregnant with the venom of the basilisk. That is one hell of a way <laughs> to, uh, to, to to express that. Um, not only that, not only would that be exciting and interesting, but this scene that they describe of Ginny and uh, 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 Luna and Neville breaking into the office to like get the sword is fucking great. That sounds yeah. f- super exciting. I would That's, love... I wish we were at Hogwarts right now. <sighs> I want to go to evil Hogwarts. I What's go, that like? The tantalizing premise of eagle, evil Hogwarts is so cool. Snape is the headmaster, and he's pretending to be evil. There's two other evil guys there. I want to are... see Snape do evil stuff that is not evil. Like, he's pretending and has yeah. to, like, do nice stuff secretly. I mean, like, that that's, that is, there's such a big clue here with that, where he's like, oh, he sent them to the, he sent them to detention with Hagrid. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, he knows. Like, he's a good guy. <laughs> like. Yeah, he's chill. He's chill. He's giving them, he's giving them the, the best non-punishment possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the, that is the, Snape, Snape at Evil Hogwarts is the, like, is the, is the, cool version of the story that we were like kind of lamenting wasn't told in Arthur Weasley the ministry's story Mm -hmm. where it's like you know Arthur is just sort of like in he's just sort of like in the muggle department or whatever and is just like working for the Nazi government uh Snape being the like secret triple agent headmaster of (laughs) of the school is a way cooler spy story, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and like the potential for like, oh, having having to like weigh choices, like you know, what's what's the weigh, weighing my cover versus uh, what the right thing to do is is oh, mm, yum, that's a story, that's exciting, that's fun. Yeah, but there's no fun allowed in this book. No, there's no fun allowed in this book, and instead we hear about it. We hear about hand. some fun, maybe. We we hear about some characters doing something fun. Um, it's a, it's a mess. I, it this... makes me wonder, like, I, I want those, those point of view chapters, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I wonder if, um, Ginny, Neville, uh, or Luna catch on to Snape here. You know, mm-hmm. like, like, is it, do they have this moment where they're caught in the office and Snape, like, sends the caros away or whatever. And they're like, oh shit, we're, we are, this guy's mm-hmm. gonna kill us, right? And then it's like, he sends them for detention with Hagrid and do any of them go like, wait a second. <laughs> right. They're yeah, they're I I it's extra it's 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 a big bummer too, because I love all those characters way mm-hmm. more than the main trio at this point. Luna is cooler. Neville is cooler. Uh uh Ginny could be Ginny's cool. Ginny co- could be cool, right? <laughs> 
Um, but it's it's great. It's it's like it's a it's a neat little story that I wish we actually got to see. I was so like mind numbed by this whole scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we both were. I would like to take a little detour. Sure. Because uh, this this chapter culminating in this insanely boring and confusing <laughs> conversation led us to check on the wikis for these characters and this mm. scene. Mm-hmm. Would you can you can you tell me a little bit about Gornuk and what you discovered about? Uh, we're not so much about, but discovered while while checking out Gornuk. Well, I didn't check out Gornuk. I check out checked out Dirk Cresswell. Oh, Dirk! Oh, Dirk Cresswell was where because I because the same I found the same thing on Gornuk's page. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. I'm go- I'm going to check out Dirk Cresswell again. Um, it's actually there's so many things. Uh, I'm not even sure what you're referring to. <laughs> well, I think the main <laughs> thing that is still delighting me because I have mm-hmm. it open in a tab is uh the picture <laughs> that they have chosen of Gornuk uh, uh and his friends Dean Thomas and Griphook. Dirk's fugitive mates. <laughs> Dean Thomas and Griphook. And it is a picture I assume from the play like the console. This looks like it's from the game? 360 game. Yeah. And it's of Dean Thomas and Griphook, like, floating and T-posing in the video <laughs> game. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> it's really good. I I want to know, is this a real moment in the game? Like, is there a moment in the game where, like, the animation is just so weird that they are T-posing like this? Or is this a joke? Like, did someone get this to happen in their game and they're like i know a funny joke that i can do on on the wizarding world wiki it is it is such a funny picture i'm going to post here either either you should post it on your twitter and i'll retweet it or uh i'll post it on the uh the shrieking shack twitter right now you should post it cuz i'm not logged in right now okay hold on i will I will post uh, Gornuk's fugitive mate, Zadine Thomas and Griphook. <laughs> it is a beautiful picture. It makes me very excited for us to play this game at some point. It, it, I think it weaves a tale more interesting than anything uh, anything that we get out of uh, Gornuk and his fugitive mate, Zadine Thomas and Griphook, in this chapter. Because I'm like, damn, why are they floating? What's going on? Why are they T-posing? Right. Uh, and that that that's damn, I've got some questions for the story rather than like uh uh I don't care about the sword. I don't care about the secondhand Hogwarts story. I don't care about goblin lore. Uh, do you think Gene Thomas and Griphook are like waiting for them to come back with the salmon, but they don't really have much in common or anything to talk about, <laughs> they're so they're just, just like tea posing, waiting, <laughs> waiting for dinner? <laughs> yeah, they don't know what to do before dinner, so they're just like tea posing <laughs> waiting for their dinner. <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah, that's what that's what I choose to believe. This is canon. <laughs> um uh uh but yeah, I and then not only that, we um we continued down this cuz you know, obviously they're waiting for their food. Um they are uh you know, they they're having a hot meal while they're discussing all of these important plot points and uh we found the page for egg on mm, the wiki. That's right. Well, they and do eat eggs in this chapter. They do. That they yeah, stole. They eat, 
it's 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 very important we find eggs uh so there's egg the page and then there's also egg the category yes this category is for eggs laid by animals please do not add egg-shaped object I feel like something something happened here this is this is uh, environmental storytelling did someone like keep posting the um egg clue from the Triwizard Tournament That's in the eggs it. category. And pe- I feel like that belongs in eggs category. That's an egg. It's specifically I, an egg. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a gold egg. It's a fake egg, but it is nonetheless an egg. It represents egg. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I, I, I 100% support you. I think I think that that is still an egg. I th- no, it's, it's not that it's like in the same ca- like literal category, but if you were someone who, God forbid, was like, Damn, what was the what was the egg in Goblet of Fire again? And you go to the Harry Potter wiki and you search egg and you're presented with category eggs different from category egg-shaped objects. Like, I would just throw up my Bullshit. hands. Like, it's just it's an egg. Who cares? <laughs> Dirk Cresswell was played by Ricky Wilson, lead singer of the Kaiser Chiefs. No his role way. was his role was uncredited and he never he was never identified in the film but the character of Dirk Cresswell took on his appearance in Lego Harry Potter years 5 and 7. What? That's so fucking stupid. I love it. <laughs> was that that's got to be another moment like the muse and Franz Ferdinand thing. Right. J.K. Rowling was like, oh, I know who, I know what the Weird Sisters are like. They're like Franz Ferdinand. She's like, oh, Dirk Cresswell? He's my favorite guy from the Kaiser Chiefs. That's so weird. That's bizarre. I did not know this. It, there appears to be one frame of him in the movie because it's in two different pictures. His three photos on the wiki page are zoomed in. Uh, looks like he got beat up. And then there's a zoomed out version of the same picture, and then the T posing Dean and Grip Hook. <laughs> oh God, I want to see. I hope Dirk Cresswell's in the game. I want to see the 3D Kaiser Chiefs guy. He's mentioned only in Deathly Hallows Part One, the video game. He is in Lego Harry Potter Years Five through Seven. Ooh, okay, all right, all right. It's kind of halfway, halfway between. That's fine. Anyway, I just didn't know what to do with this scene. Like, it is it is so baffling. It is so unbelievably convenient. And like I said, convenience isn't a sin necessarily. Story's got to move at some point. But, but like, the, 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 conf- like, both the thing that is happening and the things they talk about are just a ridiculous combination. I think that Ron sums it up best at the end where he's like, oh, good, we have another thing to find. Yeah. Again, that's Ron, how I felt. I'm like, yep, okay. We Ron have is, no clues and just another thing to add to the list. <laughs> Ron is not wrong. Ron Ron is fully correct. I would just like to also take an aside. Um, the little bit of goblin lore that we get here is fucking bananas. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, like, it's already weird that, like, the goblins, like, control the bank. Right, given especially given like what their J.K. Rowling approved design in the films ended up being, mm-hmm. um, perhaps tripling down on the um, on the bad vibes here with Griphook acknowledging 
does his race, and this is his words, his race controls the bank. Uh, but like that is like th- their want. Like they they want to control the bank. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gr- Gringotts is no longer under the sole sole control of my race. Hooey zooey wowie wowie zowie. I don't even really know where to begin with that one. It is it is rough. That's a weird thing to acknowledge again in these books. It's a weird thing to acknowledge. Like it's it's it was it's. I would say that it was unfortunate before, and I think that going like doubling down in this specific way makes it like actively like just like evil. I don't know how to describe it. Really, it's not good. Do you want to hear something interesting about Gringotts? <sighs> I would love to. It is the only bank of the Wizarding World. Oh, so they literally control the literally world bank. It is literally a global bank. The global bank is controlled by the goblins, huh? Yeah. I, I looked it up because I, I wasn't <laughs> sure if it, it was like, you know, the British bank, the, like the British magic right. bank. I didn't right. know if there were like different ones, but no, it's the only bank of the wizarding world. Ah, the world bank controlled by the goblins. Interesting. Hmm. Really don't like that. Don't like that at all. Especially, 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 especially bad, given that, like, this is a actively Christian novel and, like, a Christian allegory and, like, this, this idea that, like, well, of course wizards are Christian because they are British. Mm-hmm. And then positioning the goblins as not wizards, like, actively, you know... Uh, 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 you know, they consider themselves either different or above wizards, um, who control their bank and, uh, uh, you know, have an interest in, in controlling, uh, Christian money flow. Interesting. The bank was created by Gringotts in 1474, but was then put in hands of the Ministry of Magic shortly thereafter, being under some degree of wizarding management already by the 1500s, when Tertius applied for the job of Cursebreaker to two wizards who were discussing job vacancies at the door at the door to Gringotts. Hmm. What? Oh, I see. In 1865, the Ministry decided to put full control of Gringotts back in goblin hands. <sighs> which, which that part about it going back in control to the goblins in whatever year is was the third question of the third wombat. Oh, yeah. That's what that's from. Huh. That is, uh, yeah, I just, there, you know, there is making a mistake that has unfortunate implications. And then there is just kind of willfully stepping in it. Like there's no way that no one had pointed out to her how weird that shit was when the first book came out. Yeah, I I wouldn't. Yeah, I I don't know how she would insulate. I mean, I think that that's probably some of the most like thing that gets brought up a lot, right? And I don't think that's just a recent thing. Someone right. had, someone had said something to her about it. Yeah, uh, and and it is it is it is so. I just think it is so extra distasteful to to like like it's already distasteful to like you know, accidentally run face first into like these anti-Semitic tropes, but to do it 
in your very conscious Christian allegory, it is like it is just like extra nasty. I think uh, yeah. leaves a real bad taste in my mouth reading this stuff. Um, yeah, especially, it's weird. To, it's weird that it comes it's like is centered in this novel. I think that it could have very easily been shuffled off. <laughs> and not brought up again. Oh yeah, the grip hook shit. I mean, like grip grip hook is going to be like a, a, like a traitor at some point in this story. Like he he's playing both sides at some point, if I remember right. It's 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 just real bad from all angles. And I think that the um the the part that just makes it weird is that like you know this is this is obviously a uh you know go- goblin stuff is something that can get very prickly very fast in fantasy mm-hmm. there are some you know there's some fantasy that like does fun and interesting stuff with the concept of goblins uh that avoids a lot of these tropes but even the ones that fall into a lot of the worst tropes do it in a way and like this isn't an excuse but it's like it, it it's just a, a different flavor of this kind of uh, uh rhetoric right where it's like it's still trying to be not that right Mm -hmm. like like a lot of you know of in a lot of fantasy stories even though they you know kind of blunder through and like you know enforce a lot of like racist tropes or 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 stereotypes or whatever in their uh they're like anti-racism allegories they are they they are still ultimately like supposed to be like anti-racism stories or like like stories Uh about how like oh we're all the same even though we're different right like they're all trying to do that for the most part, even if they do dumb stuff, like say like, Oh, orcs, orcs are all inherently evil. Cause they touch the goo. Right. Like it mm-hmm. is, it, it is, it is a matter of like tripping over smaller stuff on your way to what they, the, the those writers think is a, um, an anti, you know, an anti-racist and an anti, uh, uh, discriminatory position, even if it falls into some pitfalls. What this does that is so weird is it not only uses these very uh, sinister tropes, it leans into them in a way like it's it's not it's not the fact that like go- oh goblins are some fun little guys that accidentally uh, reinforce some some old old stereotypes. It's like no, these goblins are like every anti-Semitic caricature from the Middle Ages and beyond. And also, they are bad in the story. <laughs> like they are, they they are never given the like uh, double agents. They are tricksters, and uh, they they get in the way of our hero's uh, quest for you know saving wizard kind. It's wild that it positions them as neutral toward Voldemort. Yeah, yeah, in a Christian allegory. The uh, the 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 bankers getting in the way of uh, Jesus. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Not good. Whoops. Really bad. Really fucking bad. Uh, so that's unfortunate. It's double unfortunate because again, similar to kind of like the house elf stuff. Like I like I like goblins. I like I like a funny little guy who has a suit and can do weird magic. Right. Like that's cool. But yeah. like fuck man it's really nasty here it's it's so bad like it's uh it is um i uh i i don't really have any smarter things to say about it other than that but like just the um the fact that it's not even just like your your run-of-the-mill like still bad like don't get me wrong but like you know fantasy often does this stuff by accident 
Yeah, I mean, I think it is a lot of willful ignorance from the, from the aspect of like uh, it's you know if you're engaging with fantasy on this like superficial level of it being like and just being able to position yourself in that place of oh this is a fun adventure for me and there's nothing else to it. Mm-hmm. I think you do, you don't you willfully don't reckon with the like racism that is baked into its foundations, right? Yeah. To varying degrees, or maybe you're, uh, you don't know, or you don't want to know or, or whatever, but this is just like building on it. (laughs) almost. Right. It's just using it. It it is, it is, it is just, it, it is like the, the thing, the things that this story ends up saying about goblins and like they're they're sort of like parallel to like old like anti-semitic tropes and is like yeah and they're real it's like yeah it's like yeah they're they're all right goblins aren't to be trusted and goblins do control the bank and it's like oh well okay then the kind of like shitty racist cherry on top too is like speaking of just like blasting stereotypes out without any thought dean just casually dropping that his uh his dad left his mom when he was a kid and he never met his dad or whatever real yeah wow in 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 the middle of this like awful uh anti-semitic stereotype talking about running the banks having one of the only prominent black kids in the series say like oh yeah my dad ran out on me Cool. Great stuff, Joe. <laughs> really great, really great work you're doing here. Her trajectory isn't good. You know, like just her kind of arc as an <laughs> author and public figure. I'm like, you know, I think it's true. Some people learn and grow and do better and maybe write some stuff that they don't like stand. And that's what, like where the goblin stuff when it first started kind of was for me, I think. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, oh, you know, oops. Um, (laughs) But now I'm just like, oh, she just gets like worse over time. (laughs) She just embraces more and more harmful stereotypes as she goes along and writes them in like less and less. um, Like, again, like I said, like the, the uh, it's, it's easy in in your quest to make a funny little guy uh, to make a goblin shitty. Right. Yeah. But she's not even trying to make them like a fun little guy. She's just like, what What if, and this is my brilliant idea for, for the goblins. What if they're small and ugly and have huge noses and they control the global bank? I think that's a brilliant idea. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> oh, and also, they'll, also, they are going to betray Jesus in my story. And I'm like, oh, you are just a, just huh. a nasty lady, huh? <laughs> Just a horrible lady. Bad. What an interesting place this franchise is in. I I hate to harp on this. I really do. (laughs) Because I'm just, I'm not out here to like do call outs all the time. But I'm just dying at the people that are like, how could she be so, say such horrible things that she wrote these books about being like love and kind, like an on and on. And I'm like, uh, Hello? (laughs) No. Yeah, it it was always there. The call was always coming from inside the house with J.K. Rowling. Yeah, like big of course, time. Of of course she was. Of course she's shitty now because she was all she always was like 
like this. I don't know. Uh, at a certain point, it's like, how many chances do you get? Like, I, yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot of fun stuff in the Harry Potter books and not in this chapter, but there's certainly nothing to do with goblins or race, uh, race stuff in general. It is, uh, it is, that is just pretty much all a complete dark hole of just bad ideas and, and horrible representation. I mean, yeah, just, just, she was always nasty. I, I, anyone who believes that her like heel turn was unprecedented is a rube. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Or needs to read this one again. Well, read them <laughs> right. all again. But, like, but also don't, you know? Yeah, right. It's kind of a mixed messaging coming from us. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Also, like, wild that uh, Gringotts is what they chose to do for the, um, like, studio tour. Yeah. Probably I, don't go there, honestly. Yeah, remember how in the film set the uh, there are stars of David on the parquet floor? Yeah, I just think that if they were making a big, that their big franchise like attraction thing, they maybe could have done something else. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Probably maybe. don't want to draw attention to this one. <laughs> Is there a Gringotts roller coaster at the at the theme park? Gringotts Escape. I yes, I think there. Is let me hold on. Gringotts. I can't remember if that's. Uh, yep, Gringotts Escape. Uh, is a, it is a ride at the theme park. I think that that's like plenty, because like yeah, obviously you have to have it be a roller coaster because it's like a minecart. Like mm-hmm. that makes complete sense to me. I feel like that exhausts anything interesting about Gringotts for a for like a franchise, like you know, theme park experience. <laughs> that's all, that's all you need. Yeah. I don't think you need, well, we did get, we, we've gotten exactly one good thing out of the like Gringotts recreation they have, mm. which is that video of the guy walking up to the animatronic goblin and just like do, drumming a bongo solo on his head. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that one's pretty good. <laughs> but other than that, I would steer clear. I would steer clear of the goblin goblin stuff because uh you can just look in this book it's not good i guess the other thing about it though is like ignoring all of that ignoring any like discourse about it Mm -hmm. what's fun about a bank (laughs) you know i'll tell you what's fun about a bank is that the floors are really slippery and you have to collect 10 pieces of paperwork so you can ride the (laughs) you can ride the roller coaster uh, mm. And then the goblin will say, "Ooh, you, you, good job! You cop the, you cop the nut or whatever." And then that's pretty good. That's a good yeah. representation of Gringotts. Yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on to the 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 final piece of this chapter, real quick. Ron Ron Boromir's out. He's done. Um, I you know, I didn't remember very much from this book. Yeah. Like, I probably the like couple things I remember is like they go to Gringotts. Um, I remember the snake scene with the lady that like the snake is inside the corpse of the lady. Like that's pretty scary. And then the other thing I remembered was the Boromir thing. And I, I must have uh, 
escalated that idea in my head that I thought Mm -hmm. this was going to be like a character arc. Like I thought this Mm -hmm. was going to be like a slow buildup over the course of the book where they're like, they're cranky and mean and something is wrong. But, Mm -hmm. and then like it was going to culminate in Ron storming out. I did not realize they were going to figure it out immediately. And then Ron was going to storm out all within like two chapters. Yeah. Yeah. I was very surprised by that as well. I actually like had a moment where I like, double check to see if I had read the wrong chapter. Mm-hmm. Like, and I skipped one or something, but no, it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause it's like simultaneously for a chapter that is very long and boring and meandering and kind of goes nowhere. It's funny how much distance it covers in terms of just like the bullet points. Uh, yeah. Cause yeah, I, I thought similar to you that like Ron, Ron going Boromir mode was a longer affair for sure. It's just really like, like, it's so fast as to kind of render it sort of pointless. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think he's going to be away for a while now because we, so I presumably, um, Ron just kind of fucks off for a while and I don't think he comes back until Snape gives them the sword. In the in the forest. Oh yeah, he like helps Harry not drown or something. Yeah, I I think that is the I think that is when he comes back, and that's a while because between then and now, we've got Godric's Hollow. Um, we've got uh, I, do we just Dobby die before Ron makes up with Harry? Like I'm I'm a little. I think that Ron is there with him in Malfoy Manor, but I don't know for sure. I know he is in the movie, but I don't know if if that's mm. how it goes in the book. I'm yeah, I'm very curious because like here here's just to put that into perspective. Let me check my ebook here really quick. Um, Godric's Hollow and Bethilda's Secret, Silver Doe is the chapter where Snape gives him the sword. And that mm-hmm. is one, two, three, four chapters away. That's so, so got- fast. <laughs> what? We got-, we got four chapters of no Ron coming up. Good. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and then chapter 20, by the way, is uh, when they meet Xenophilius Lovegood. And chapter 21 is when we get the tale of the three brothers. Chapter 22 is called The Deathly Hallows. So just trucking along with uh, introducing the important concepts in this book. Uh, I take it back. I want to read Lord of the Rings now. This is the Lord of the Rings podcast. This is the Lord of the Rings podcast now. Who has the best vibes in the fellowship? Number one, (laughs) Gimli. Number two, Legolas. Number three, Aragorn. I think they have pretty good vibes. What about Frodo? Frodo's got the best vibes. Well, Frodo, that, that, Frodo, that's his whole thing. Frodo's vibes are so excellent; he kind of transcends it, right? Like, because mm. he's the one who can—he's the one who can carry the ring. Um, he's who, almost. Go- who is it that told? Like, who was it? Gandalf that said to Frodo, "Like, you're the one. I'm putting you on this mission." No. Like, is he the ultimate decider? No, Frodo, Frodo is so pure and good that while everyone <laughs> is arguing about how best to deal with the ring and who's going to carry it. He's just like, I'll do it. I'll do it. I have the best vibes. I have such good vibes. My vibes are immaculate. (laughs) (laughs) 
Frodo's like, I'm doing yoga. Uh, I, I'm doing green tea at night. Uh, I'm I'm taking melatonin to fall asleep. My vibes are fucking perfect. Is do do um, Mary and Pippin like jump in there and say like you know say what you will about Frodo, but it's true at the Shire. Everyone talks about how good his vibes are. <laughs> you, you can trust this I, in guy. the movie. Yeah, they literally jump out of a bush and are like, yeah, his vibes are great. <laughs> 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 they just literally jump out and are like, yeah, we'll come too. Also, this guy's vibes perfect. We gotta we gotta smoke weed for our vibes, but he him his oh, vibes are all natural. There you go. I would actually honestly, if I had to say, if I had to like pick who has the best vibe in the fellowship, it probably mm-hmm. is Merry or Pippin. They they're smoking they're smoking that good leaf. They love they love food. They're chilling. Yeah. Those guys are fucking chilling. Merry and Pippin. Why didn't they carry the ring? They've got they've got good vibes. Yeah, I maybe between them they could carry it. Um, but, uh, but, but only Frodo has the purest vibe, I guess. Mm. There are things, I guess, I guess chillin' is, is, you know, having a good vibe is more than just how good you're chillin'. Like, like Frodo's yeah, pure you could heart. Be, so if the ring is power, it's like a bad king or like a bad, a tyrant. He could be bad because he's just chilling, you know, like he's chilling too hard. <laughs> he 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 tosses everything. If you had unlimited power and all you uh-huh. wanted to do was chill. Right. You would just you would just be like, I don't know, you're bulldozing down everyone's grow operation for all the weed you're smoking. <laughs> you're uh, you're you're just, you know, everyone's food supply is dried up because you're like, damn, I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one can download anything on the internet because you're down. You're you're torrenting everything and not seeding. <laughs> you know yeah. you're ch- you're chilling, but but like you know that's not necessarily having a good vibe. You're, no, you're- I, I think someone might say to you, like, I know you're chilling, but the vibes like you need to sort this out. <laughs> the vibes off, even though you're chilling. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think Frodo. Yeah, Frodo. Frodo has more. There's more to Frodo's goodness than his ability to chill. Uh, yeah, it's his selflessness as well. Uh-huh. What were we talking about? Unfortunately, uh, we were talking about Harry Potter. Oh. Uh, uh, and and how how uh, uh, Ron bore mirrored away. Um, <laughs> it would be really funny if we stopped reading it here. I. I- <laughs> We just pivoted it to Lord read, of the Rings. We're yeah, doing chapter I, one of The Hobbit next week. Oh, that sounds so nice. I read <laughs> all of Twilight and I tapped out like middle of the last book. And so that would be kind of similar here where it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I made it most of the way, but I'm tapping out here. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I mean, I will say this. For as boring as this chapter was, uh-huh. and for as nonsense as, as uh, uh, this like, Dirk Dirk Cresswell event is mm. for the most part. I think that Ron's blow up here is at least some good juicy drama. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the flip side of of it not being like completely like Exorcist is that it is like a pretty reasonable character conflict between these three. Yeah, I mean, like the the stuff Ron's like it is. There is a really good dramatic irony i think to like we the readers immediately picking up on like oh snape's the good guy yeah but that's not really what harry's picking up on he's like oh the forbidden forest that's fucking nothing and and ron is like that's my fucking sister you're talking about 
Um, like I, I feel for him in that situation. Like, like Harry kind of is being a, a bit of a self-centered prick, uh, in that moment. And, uh, I agree with Ron's frustrations about their stupid adventure. I, I really think that the only part of this that like made me roll my eyes was, um, was Ron doing the like flouncy, like, oh, you choose him thing. And like to leaving after that, like that was a little, yeah, but honestly, it kind of makes me want a love triangle instead. At least that's yeah. something, right? Like, it's kind of cheap, but it'd yeah. be fun. I, I, I'm, kind, I, I'm like a little bit rooting for Harry Hermione here. We've, we've been beaten down by this series so many times. I think this is like the 10th time we've suggested, what if there was a love triangle just so we have some? Please. <laughs> and we, it's true. Please, it's we need, a, we need a love triangle and we need zombies right now. I'm never oh. taking that for granted ever again. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I do like this fight that they have. I um, I like I, the the. I think the best moment is like uh uh Ron Ron's weird slip up where he's like, uh, where is it? Uh, uh, right then, I won't bother myself about them. It's all right for you two, isn't it? With your parents safely out of the way, and Harry going, my parents are dead. Like that's a really that's <laughs> never really come up before. No, between them. Um, and I, that's, it's fun that that's just sort of been festering for seven books. Uh, I, I think it has come up once and it's in one of the great scenes from like Prisoner of Azkaban where right, Harry yeah. has to be like, my parents were fucking murdered, you guys. Yeah. Like, that's messed up. Yeah. 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 It, it, there's, there's shades of that excellent argument about Sir- killing Sirius in, in this scene. Mm-hmm. When, where Harry is just so enraged and is like, yeah, I'm going after him and none of you would understand because your parents haven't been fucking murdered by by someone. Right. Um, and like this, this is sort of the inverse of that where Ron's just like, yeah, I care about my family, which you like you you don't have to worry about that, uh, which is, you know, crass and, and mean. But it's like it's fun seeing that inverted here. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so I was at least I was at least like hooting and hollering for some drama at the end of this chapter. I will I will say that. Um one last question. Yes. We talked about this a little bit, and I want to <laughs> circle it back around. Um yeah. is the Horcrux bad because it's Voldemort's soul, or is it bad because it's a Horcrux? That is that is like maybe the most interesting question that I don't think we ever get any answer to. Mm-hmm. I think I think that the safe, boring answer is that all Horcruxes would behave this way because, as we are shown, splitting a soul is just the most evil thing you can do. So anyone that would do it already has an evil soul? Right. I think, I think that is the... Uh, that, that, that's like the easy answer, just based purely on the text. Mm-hmm. I would love to see, like, what a story... Like, can, can you Horcrux somebody against their will? Like, like could Voldemort put a good guy's soul in a horcrux to torture him like that sounds kind of interesting um there's a lot of potential here that i don't think ever ever gets explained i feel like that could go kind of a long way with this like failed metaphor yeah 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 there's there's a lot of fun stuff you could do with the nature of the soul in fiction uh that this series never ever touches on it almost reminds me of and it's been many, many years since I've read them, so I don't really remember the like specific point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it reminds me of in the Golden Compass, the silver guillotine, where the kids yeah. are, where the kids are separated from their 
the animal companion slash soul. Yeah. Um, and the like meaning of that. Um, except this one doesn't really tell you the experience of it, what it means or what goes into making it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we mm-hmm. have no actual information. Yeah, we have nothing to go on. We just you 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 really just have to bring your uh, British Christian, uh, ang- very Anglican nature of the soul to the story to make any of this make sense. Yeah, but even then, it's like Voldemort as a big part of it. There, like he he is inherently evil. He's a psychopath, right? And mm-hmm. and I, again, I mean, within the context of this story, that's how he acts. It's like he is a psychopath because he was born from a union of no love or or whatever so he was evil before i don't think it made him more evil to split his soul up it made him less human but i but if a good person does it do they become evil because they've been separated from god because that's what it it kind of means within the metaphor of the stories it's like once your soul is split you have given up on the afterlife the thing i find very interesting about that is like Voldemort is such a weird case for this story because, uh, uh, aside from being, you know, literally Lucifer or whatever, it's very weird to have this story about like, like the afterlife and Christian redemption and whatnot with a completely irredeemable villain who's been evil since birth. Right. Like, does Voldemort have a chance at redemption? Like, if Voldemort repented and accepted christ would he be redeemed like i that that's never even a question that's floated right Mm -mm. and like that's that's the kind of thing that you get that's the kind of thing that you want out of stories like this right is like is like you know i want you to play with these christian themes if you're going to write them please use them right um and it would be fine if Voldemort, like, you know, was offered the chance at redemption and, and, you know, spurned it or whatever. But just from everything we've seen from his backstory, it sure seems like he was Damien from day one, right? Like, he is literal Antichrist, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, uh, even the, the Horcruxes themselves, I mean, we don't have enough information, really, to say anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe there's some, like, extra out-of-universe information. But as far as I know, like, is, is creating a Horcrux the point of no forgiveness? Like, is that is that the, the like, mortal sin that you can commit that, mm-hmm. like, you can't be saved? Because that's... That's a weird, a weird thing. That's a weird thing. And and, and I just realized, remember, this is pulling from a, a, a way older discussion. Mm. But remember how, like, one of the most common Reddit complaints we would always see um, doing, doing Reddit question grab bags was, like, people complaining that the film made it so when Voldemort died, he turned to Thanos dust instead of being, <laughs> like, just a regular guy. Yeah. Like... The point, like, I think that I always actually ended up agreeing with that one because I was like, yeah, it is more powerful if Voldemort's, like, just a dude, right? Right. Um, But that also means that Voldemort's just a dude. Right. And him being inherently evil with no chance at a, uh, you know, uh, having his soul redeemed uh, is a, a, a very odd concept for a Christian allegory story, Right. Or, or even this what? idea that, like, you know, as as in our our world or in you know Christian faith, um, like 
I, I think that that is a typical question that people grapple with is like the idea that, you know, like there is always grace and there is always forgiveness no right. matter what. Right. Like, yeah. you, like that's like huge. And so to write a story that is like a Christian allegory, but then to ask the question and say, you know, here is a th- like, what if there was something that was was beyond beyond forgiveness <laughs> what if what if there are wizards and they could do something they could commit a sin so great that they couldn't be forgiven that's interesting that's super fucking interesting story doesn't go there no it's not interested in telling story that story, story which is so weird because it is it's interesting from so that. many angles because uh-huh. again similar similar to the afterlife thing that is like maybe like the the, the top three crisis of faith stories they get told over and over again and are usually the most interesting is like one do i believe in the afterlife mm-hmm. uh 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 two why why do good why do bad things happen to good people mm-hmm. and then three uh um you know how how could how how are there sins that are possibly forgivable by a loving god right right those are the three crisis of faith stories all of them valid and interesting and have many answers and explorations possible and harry potter just bypasses all of them they're like what if there was an evil dude <laughs> what if what if there was just a dude who sucked i mean <laughs> harry potter feels like it's like specifically telling you hey don't have a crisis of faith like <laughs> you're right yeah I, 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 it's pathetic that's what i have bad to say story. about that bad book does not use its themes well all right, I think it's time for us to take a break because we've run very long here on a very interesting chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's time for us to do a homework assignment. Sounds good. We'll be back. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We are there. We have 211 karma. Uh, we have really uh, gotten Jack Sloper into a position of power here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it is now our, our duty, our goal, to get into one of the houses. <laughs> um, let me just check our poll. So before the episode started... Uh, I put up a poll on the Twitter asking which house we should go into. Um, I've been dying to know. I didn't vote because okay. I I have integrity. Mm-hmm. But I've been right. dying to know what people want because I think it could go a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's take a look. The results are Hufflepuff nineteen percent, Slytherin forty four percent. Ravenclaw, 22%, and Gryffindor, 15%. That makes sense. Yeah, I think that makes about sense. Uh, let's read some of the replies here. Uh, obviously, Slytherin Slytherin is a runaway landslide victory here. A lot of comments here about how Slytherin uh, would, you know, obviously is the funniest one. It's the, <laughs> it's the evil house. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of what arguments are they having in there? Uh, yeah, Behemoth says, we gotta see what the Slytherins are up to. Is every thread just rehashing the old, they're not Nazis, I swear, argument? Um, 
I have, there are quite a few good arguments for Ravenclaw here, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is, so we, you know. The we real have, smarties have of, read it in there, I bet. Right. There's, there's a lot of people saying that it's the, you know, Ravenclaw has peak Reddit content. It's the intellectual house. Some epic gentlemen uh, in there. Yeah, <laughs> some epic gentlemen, some guys with uh, stock photos of chimps as their avatar mm-hmm. who, you know, don't get offended. Maybe some quote makers, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see I could see Ravenclaw being fascinating from that perspective. But uh, I think Slytherin, Slytherin is fair. Slytherin uh, definitely will have some funny content in it. Um, it will. It's also the like hardest one to get into and so i imagine i mean like obviously as we've discovered it's not that hard um you can can. (laughs) i do think we've had a little bit of extra help yes perhaps we have so let's real quick let's take a look at our replies Mm. um uh just the these are the ones that are showing up as new to me right now uh, I don't know about in fiction, but I can tell you what these are in real life. This is a response to <laughs> mm-hmm. what's the difference between a jinx, a curse, and a hex. Uh-huh. Uh, jinx, saying something that will be ironic in the future. The new Fantastic Beasts film starts filming some 2020. <laughs> uh-huh. Hex, deliberately harming someone's situation. Dan Fogler hexed all his co-stars on the Christmas album because no one can beat his rendition of Hanukkah. Oh, Hanukkah. That's and right. And then curse. Putting out something lasting into the world that will hurt people for years to come. J.K. Rowling cursed the world when she killed Dobby. That's from N.T. Webster. Thank you very much uh, to to them for flawless that, comment. Thank you. That 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 very that very powerful comment. Uh, we've got um, someone here actually gave us a very interesting uh, uh, reply to this thread mm. which is apparently JK Rowling answered this herself which I did not know and could not I f- did not find this when we were first looking this up um every now and then somebody asks me for the def- difference between a spell a charm and a hex within the Potter world these boundaries are flexible and I imagine that wizards may have their own ideas Hermione-ish however I have always had a working theory Spell is the generic term for a piece of magic. Charm does not fundamentally alter the properties of the subject of the spell, but adds or changes properties. Turning a teacup into a rat would be a spell, but making a teacup dance would be a charm. The gray area comes with things like stunning spells, which on balance I think are charms, but which I call spells for alliterative effect. Hexes has a connotation of dark magic as do jinxes, but of a minor sort. I see hexes slightly worse. I usually use jinx for spells whose effects are irritating but amusing, and curses are reserved for the worst kinds of dark magic. Whatever. Whatever. I think I think our thread speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, here's like here's a reply I really liked. This is from uh, Oh Hey Guys. It's Max. IDK. I haven't read the books. <laughs> Well, don't anyway. start now. <laughs> All right. Um, Jack Sloper has karma. And he's got karma. karma. He's got gold. He's got Reddit awards. Oh, that's the other thing. Um, someone gave us. Uh, so we got the Take My Energy Award mm-hmm. on, this, on this post. Someone also gave us. And I don't know. I don't know if I can see who gave us these things. We got the healthcare hero <laughs> <laughs> for the um 
the Jinx post, mm-hmm. which is a little, it's the little Reddit guy. <laughs> Snoo, I think his name is. It's a little Reddit guy wearing a mask and some scrubs, and it mm-hmm. says, uh, putting yourself on the line for us. You are the perfect superhero. Finally, we are recognized. <laughs> Through Jack Slipper. Thank you very much to whoever gave us that one. That that gave me a, a big laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, now we have all this karma. We um, are now able to <laughs> uh, um, check in on uh, what... Uh, 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 hold on, sorry. I'm just double checking real quick. I'll make a note here. Oh, <laughs> okay. We got a we got a we got a direct message from I think one of the people who has been uh, haranguing Jack Sloper in the in the oh, replies. Oh yeah. And they they uh they sent us a heart emoji. Wonderful, so, wonderful. So thank you, thank you to our our uh, our nemesis. I, I believe uh, Jack, Jack Sloper Jack Sloper has a has a dedicated troll. Um, yes. but it feels appropriate. Yeah. Of course, a, a, a dedicated poster will always have a troll. <laughs> it's, it's that's that is the balance of light and dark. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with this karma, uh, we can now complete a homework assignment and apply to a house. Um, we are in an extremely uh, lucky position of timing here because tomorrow is the deadline for August's homework assignment. Mm. Um, so we are going to knock out a homework assignment and post it today. And then fingers crossed, we will be in Slytherin by next episode. Um, just a little bit of background here for those who are just joining us on this episode, the way that the Reddit, uh, the, the Harry Potter subreddit works is that if you want to put the little (laughs) flare on your account that shows what house you're in, you have to have a certain amount of karma um, and you have to complete a homework assignment for the house that you are applying for. Mm-hmm. Um, they are rotated through monthly, and they're these are just like little games, basically. They're not not they don't seem all that complicated. Um, but we will also gain access to the secret Slytherin subreddit, um, and that is the choice that the fans have made. Uh, Slytherin is the house we are going for. Mm. Um, to do this, we must complete August 2020's assignment. Uh, this is called the Muggle Enhancement Program, an Arthur Weasley tribute. Uh, it's been a while since we here at the Ministry of Miscellaneous Homework expressed our profound appreciation for Mr. Arthur Weasley. To that end, this month we are drawing inspiration for his great passion, tinkering with muggle objects that wizards probably ought to leave alone. The Ford Anglia still roams the Forbidden Forest, after all. Please submit for the entertainment of the Weasley family and the wizarding community at large a proposition for an, ahem, enhanced muggle item that could be a benefit to the wizarding world. And let's be honest, we know Mr. Weasley will be trying to make most of these work in his garage. I just hope he's figured out that electricity thing. In your proposal, please include any of the following which are relevant. What is the original item called, to the best of your knowledge? What is the item's current muggle function? How can the item be improved for use by the magically inclined? Uh, Any potential problems or issues? Does this change open up the door to other new wizard technology? 
Uh, and anything else Mr. We- Weasley ought to consider while in his garage. Um, so kind of a very open question here. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you, should we read some of the other things people have come up with just to kind of get a feel for what? Yeah, for sure. Have people mostly submitted like text posts, basically just answering like short answers for each of the questions? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. The yeah, most of these are written. uh, It does say feel free to submit your responses in written visual video, Minecraft musical or other format as you see fit. Mm. Um, We don't have time to make a Minecraft level, unfortunately. That's too bad. Okay, so let's check. Let's check in what the other Slytherins are doing, just so we're not stepping on any toes here. Uh, Slytherin, where are they? Slytherins submit here. Um, what is the original item called? Typewriter. What is the item's current muggle function? A muggle would type in the letters on the keys, and the device would punch these letters onto a piece of paper. How can the item be improved for the magically inclined? By casting a spell similar to the ones on a quick quotes quill, you get a typewriter that types what you say. Further research in the field could be along typing slash copying an existing article, basically scanning and printing in the muggle world. Okay. So that's a, like that's a very dry answer, but I get it, right? Like that's that's a good. Does the Wizarding World good... have printers? <laughs> I guess they have quills that'll automatically write what you want. Okay, fair enough. Um, this one's a little more flavorful. Mm. Uh, what is the original item called, to the best of your knowledge? A disky, discard, disco, disco ball. What's the item's current muggle function? After much research and discussion, it appears to be a spherical object made of mirrors that fires rays of light around a large area <laughs> for muggle entertainment pers- purposes that are highly mystifying. I think this one's cute. Yeah, I, is- I, 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 was, I was hoping, and I, I think we'll try to do this, I want to do the like kind of role-play angle where we don't know totally. exactly what the muggle object does. Absolutely. Jack Sloper would get way into this, I think. Mm-hmm. Um... So just 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 some other highlights. We have one about memory foam. We've one about toothbrushes. Uh, <laughs> this guy does a rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Uh, uh, yeah, it shoots little canisters that I'm sure are called rickets at a long distance that explode when they hit something. It's amazing. Uh, the muggles use it for violence, but I believe wizard kind can adapt them for entertainment. I have a list. Make it, <laughs> this is cute. I like that one. <laughs> so, okay. So people are getting into it. So that's, that's kind of a taste of, of what is being, uh, uh, put down here. Mm-hmm. Several smartphone answers here. So I'm going to say, let's not do smartphone. Okay. I was in no danger of that. Um, what, uh, what are you thinking? What do you... What do you think a good item would be? Just, you know, I'm just looking around at at various objects near me. Um, Mm. Computer. Video games. Yeah. That's all. That's all I think about all the time. What about a gamer chair? Ooh. (laughs) Or a Twitch stream. Mmm. Uh... Hold on, I'm just going to copy and paste 
the rules here. Uh, and, uh, uh, fuck. Sorry, I just, I just fucked up my notes on accident. Oh, um, no. Uh, Tim Goblin stuff. Okay, uh, uh, bu- 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 okay, cool. I'm, I have to just put the, uh, questions here so we can answer any of the following that are relevant. Okay. There we go. So, gamer chair, mm-hmm. Twitch stream. Twitch stream might be a little. We'd have to like. I guess we'd have to like do webcam and. It's internet. kind of sort of an abstract situation. Yeah, we could do like the internet, which would be very meta on posting on here. Mm-hmm. Um, but we could say like, uh, uh, yeah, you can you can pretend to be a, a redditor and. <laughs> Get into get into a house to see what's going on in the other subreddit. I mean, there's podcasts in Harry Potter already. Ooh, ooh, that's such a good option, though. <laughs> because so because we have that we were like it's it's sort of like the Wizarding Wireless, but you can listen to it whenever and wherever at your leisure. I feel like a, po- a podcast isn't like an object, though. Like, I feel like we need to pick something. Yeah. That's, like, like, like I'm thinking about Arthur Weasley. And it's like he's tinkering with like cars and like a toaster, or, like a microwave, or like various like right. little like mechanical type type things. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we can't. I, I guess asking Arthur Weasley to like learn learn to code is is kind of lost. <laughs> Um, hmm. give him one of those um little computer kits, the um Raspberry Pis or whatever they are. <laughs> Make yeah. this computer learn to code Arthur Weasley. That's right. Hmm. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. I mean, if we're doing the in character thing, the like, I I have a, heard a wonderful thing called a Raspberry Pi, which is a cake that you can also run computer programs on. <laughs> I feel like I I don't know enough to make jokes about. No, I'm not. I'm not a about computer stuff. I'm not. I'm not a not a coding or electricity computer smart, play, smart computer person. play video game to me. Com- yeah, that's right. My my concerns about computers are how much RAM does it have, how fast is the graphics card, uh, and so on. That's about the extent of my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could give Arthur Weasley a soda stream. <laughs> do, they, do they have do they have carbonated beverages i assume butterbeer is carbonated yeah probably I, naturally I, fermented beverages yeah yeah i don't know though it's possible they don't it's mm-hmm. like hey I, muggles have this thing called soda they have borange beer <laughs> i feel like again that's another one that's kind of asking a little much of arthur mm-hmm. like like hey arthur uh, become a brewmaster please right right uh, that's that. I don't know if that fits in his garage or 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 you know his skill set really. Do wizards have like things like power tools? Like, do they have like or, or even just regular tools? Like, do they have like a broom? I guess they have brooms that they fly on, but do they use brooms, but, like, to, like, brooms clean? to clean or like stuff. A, or like a vacuum? The, oh, they totally do because I remember in um in one of the books maybe chamber of secrets harry sees the like uh the duster and the broom working automatically in, in uh the the burrow i'm pretty sure that's really handy they yeah have that's kind of cool. 
It's like, kind of like a Roomba. I guess they the, kind of that, already have Okay, them. this is the problem with this prompt. And it's the problem is, is they already have all the stuff. Yeah, it kind of has to be something wacky. It has to be like an electronics, or not even electronics, but like something that is like electrical, right? And, yeah, anything that's like 1950s or back, they have it. Mm-hmm. So it's not really possible to, you know, they have record players, they have uh, uh, radios, they have, you know, Arthur Weasley already did the car thing. Mm-hmm. So I guess I guess we do sort of have to broaden to, to, to you know, things to the electronic world, because otherwise, otherwise it's already there, like you say. Hmm. So I guess I, Arthur Weasley is going to have to learn to code and solar stuff. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. All right. So let me think. We've got just. I'm just. I'm just kind of like examining our maybe pile here. Mm-hmm. We've got gamer chair. Mm-hmm. We could just do like games console. Has that one not already been done? <sighs> let me do like Control F. Console. Light no. Station. No one's. No one's done console. Hmm. We could we could implore we could implore him to make Halo Two more than uh, uh, work online again. Who's grading our assignment? That's is it just like a participation thing? Yeah, I think that. Well, I see. I don't know the grading. There is a grading curve, but I don't know if you have to hit a certain amount to get into the house, or if you're automatically at least drafted into the house for completing the assignment because mm-hmm. the points are house points. So you're, so you're by submitting, you're like saying, I want to be in this house. And then if you're, if your thing sucks, you're just not earning many points for your house with this assignment. Okay. I see. So I think, I think no matter I am pretty sure that as long as our, as long as our work is acknowledged by a mod, we will be uh, drafted into Slytherin. Wonderful. I believe. I, I don't know 100%, but I'm pretty sure that's how this works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so we don't have to agonize too much about it, like, being perfect, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think, I think think we will. It'll be great if we can get a high score, but I think, as, I think as long as we submit something, I think we're good. Do wizards have, like, fishing poles? Yes. I think they do. Why? I... <laughs> Let's uh, hold on. Let's double check this. We can go to Harry Harry Potter wiki. I swear, a character mentions fishing, like beyond. I know. I know we had it in this chapter, and it was right. just Asio. But I swear, fishing has come up more than once. Fishing. Fishing was the practice of trying to catch fish. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wizards. Uh, wizards an alternative can catch fish and other creatures with spells appearances uh harry potter and the deathly hallows part one in the film fishing is mentioned on a magazine cover holy shit oh my god very thorough (laughs) uh Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, the video game, mm. has fishing. I don't know if that means it's a fishing <laughs> mini game or if someone just says fishing. 
but apparently it appears in in the video game. But I, you, I am, I guess I'm imagining. Okay, notable references: Deathly Hallows, Goblin's Revenge. Okay. So I guess it is only mentioned in the Goblin's Revenge. I guess they don't have fishing poles. Uh, how about a fishing pole? Fishing pole's not a bad one. Wait, oh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Chapter 20. Hold on. Uh-oh. Oh. Fishing. They fish again? Fish. Fish. <laughs> fish. Just control F, fish. Uh... Xenophilius love good fishing. Come on, chapter Deathly Hallows chapter twenty. Xenophilius love good. Xenophilius. Okay, I'm gonna Google Xenophilius love good fishing. If he has a fishing pole, we're fucked. <laughs> Must include fishing. Wiki books. Aha. Yeah, I think we're fucked. Why? Um, uh, because in this chapter, Ron Weasley sees some garden gnomes. Uh, when Ron says, uh, Ron, uh, Ron Weasley says, uh, muggle garden gnomes uh, look like Father Christmases holding fishing rods. He knows what I they are. I mean, mm, yeah. I just think that's the perfect kind of thing that we need, like something fiddly like that, like fiddly yeah. and mechanical. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's a. It's a. I think it's a good one. I mean, like this is maybe broad enough that uh. How oh, we know, you know they have shotguns too, because Hagrid has one. No, he doesn't. Does, he, ha- he grabs Vernon. He grabs Vernon's rifle. He doesn't have. He does not have a shotgun. We, 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 we just say gun. <laughs> shotgun is the coolest kind of gun in every movie <laughs> in every game in halo the shotgun in muggle video game halo the shotgun fucking whips yeah yeah it's okay so i think fishing rod is still a maybe mm-hmm. it's it's like very mundane but like we can we can play around with it a lot it's just it does it does seem like it kind of is implied to exist so, but I'm putting that one as a strong maybe. Yeah, I just think that that we could uh, incorporate a lot of good, like, uh, like muggles use it to catch fish because they can't just summon them out of the water. They I can't guess. just summon them out of the water. We could do like some epic, like, uh, uh, muggles like posing for for still photographs, holding a big fish to uh, attract a mate. But it usually repels them or something dumb like mm, that. I like that a lot. You think we should do fishing oh, rods? That's so good. They they yeah, because it's like they put they put a worm on the hook and then put it in the water and wait for a fish and then they take a picture with the fish and, yeah. and try to attract mates with it. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. Unclear how that. Oh, this is this is making me mad just thinking about <laughs> it. <laughs> and that's how you know it's good. Exactly. Okay. All right. Slytherins submit here. Reply. Okay. Fishing rod it is. What is the original item called, to the best of your knowledge? Should we come up with a funny, a funny, funny name? The rod of fishing. 
similar <laughs> to a wand, a primitive wand that uses no magic. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rod of fishing is a uh, type of muggle wand, although it functions without any magic. God, I'm so pissed off already. (laughs) This sucks so bad. I love it. Okay. What is the item's current muggle function? How do we explain a fishing rod? Um. (laughs) Put a worm or a shiny thing on the end of a string. (laughs) Wait, what if we invent... (laughs) Sorry. Okay, fishing rod idea is great, and I think we should go with it, but I have a a ringer here. Okay, okay. Just another thought here. What What if we suggested a wizard version of worm on a string? I don't think that I, I don't think that can actually be improved. Is the thing that worm yeah, on a string is perfect. Uh huh. Okay. All right. Fishing rod. Uh, yes. Muggles attach a uh, worm or shiny thing to the end of a hook and throw that hook. <laughs> Into the water <laughs> in an attempt to catch uh, a fish without using magic. Uh, however, this object isn't uh, just used to gather food it appears that catching large fish is a (laughs) type of muggle bonding ritual perhaps even competition some muggles even Pose for delightfully <laughs> quaint non-moving photos mm-hmm. holding these fish in an attempt to attract a mate. <laughs> How's that? Um... I'm just, I can't speak. I'm so angry. (laughs) This is so good. Because this is... (laughs) This is lame on so many fucking levels. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm doing, like, that assignment that, that, um, like, 
kids get assigned in school sometimes and it's like to not take take definitions for granted or whatever and you have to like describe something to an alien that's never been on earth and it's like oh "Oh, but they don't know what a bed is or whatever did you ever do the 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 nasarima thing in your middle school i don't think so elementary school it's like a it's like a thought experiment where you like you have to read this whole uh uh like paper basically by someone mm-hmm. describing uh a a like a newly discovered culture mm-hmm. and it's like you know they they uh they tamed and kept uh wild animals in their house uh, and they uh they put a strange brush in their mouth every night before they go to sleep and, mm-hmm. and vigorously shake it around. Mm-hmm. And like the big twist at the end, at the end is like, surprise, it's Americans. And yeah, it's th- like, that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> surprise. It's muggles. <laughs> um, It's like, it's like actually a pretty good, like it's a really dumb assignment, but it is one of those things as a kid where I was like, Oh, I do know. I do understand what perspective is. Oh, now. damn. Damn, there are different perspectives. Um, uh, but yes, this is pissing me off insanely right now. Okay. Uh, how can this item be improved for use by the magically inclined? Here we go. Here we fucking go. Uh, do we, like, lean in on the stupid... Do we say, like, wizard, we could enchant these poles... <laughs> to make uh, t- to <laughs> to to enhance its uh its mating ritual potential <laughs> yeah i mean i was going to say like goes pretty hard on in on the joke the one joke it's kind of a dead guy's b- joke it's a, isn't it's it? a bad joke to begin with <laughs> Why not run it into the fucking ground, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> what other, what are some other, or, or like, what are some other things we know magic items do? Like. Nothing? <laughs> yeah, I guess they, I guess they do just do the labor for you. Oh, we can make them automatic. Because, mm-hmm. oh, because a big part, because I, I, I mentioned it was like a bonding ritual. You know how like, that's like, that's like the thing and like, like fishing Everyone always jokes. It's like uh, fishing is fishing is, you know, it's not about the fishing. It's about sitting in a boat for three hours and, you know, not talking to anyone. Right. Or whatever. So we say like, oh, we could make it even less labor intensive. Mm. Uh, you you can just chill on the boat and the and the 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 the, the, the rod does it for you. I feel like it has to be something that like is completely divorced from fishing. Like, I want to just, like, completely oh, okay. cut that out. What? If, okay, what if it, like, caught stuff other than fish? Mm. Like, muggles are so narrow-minded, they they don't see the potential for this to catch other, other creatures. Other stuff, and, and things that might be more appealing to bond over. Ooh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you can catch rare birds and bugs. <laughs> And and your and your beloved will certainly uh, appreciate you more bringing bringing a rare bird uh, from your yard to them. <laughs> this is so stupid. It's so I'm so stupid. mad. Uh, oh, what are the the pygmy puff skins? Mm-hmm. 
that um that all the girls swoon over uh-huh. in 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 book six. Maybe that maybe it's like, oh, what if it's converted so it catches a cute animal the girls like? Mm-hmm. Exactly. This is so bad. This is so bad. <laughs> what else? What are some other creatures? It could catch a hippogriff, which is way more badass. <laughs> I could catch it. Uh, different different rods could be enchanted to catch different creatures to serve a a, a wider array of tastes <laughs> for wizards who don't care about fish. Mm-hmm. Should we go with that? I'm trying to. <laughs> this is this is the most difficult question. I think. Uh huh. What? <sighs> I'm trying to think of like something mundane it could do for wizards, you know? Well, the, I guess the other thing too is that it's like we're improving the function for the magically inclined. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what if you're stuck in the office and can't go fishing, but your fishing rod has a line that's so long and magical that it will, it, it, you can put it out the window and it'll <laughs> go all the way. God, I'm so mad. <laughs> what if it comes with a portable pond? So oh, you can catch ooh, fish at the ooh, office. Ooh, I like that. Because then, then, we ca- then we're sort of buying into the, like, everything is the fucking same. You have to be at the office. <laughs> you have to Wizards. be at the office, but it comes with its own pond. So you can, it's like, um, uh, like CEOs golfing in their office, yes, right? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, this is what, yes, okay. Uh, how can the item be improved for use by the magically inclined? Uh, the biggest down side of the fish of the rod of fishing (laughs) is that muggles need to be in close proximity to water to make use of it this has led to a a lot of frustration for uh muggle fishers fisher 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 muggles fisher muggles there we go that's annoying uh this has led to a lot of frustration for fisher muggles who often say things like <laughs> uh uh can't wait can't wait to go fishing with the boys <laughs> this weekend or i i really want to put the like of course i come fast i have fish to catch thing in here but like just, just soften it by saying or where or wear hats that say i wish i was fishing or, or oh uh uh what the women uh fish fear me uh what's it women love me fish fear me what's the i'm it's like <laughs> something like that but it I'm like that's not a joke, so I don't know. Yeah, what it actually says. Okay, yeah, wear or wear hats that say, "Of course, I have to leave quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I've got fish to catch." 
a lot of muggle culture seems to revolve around this ritual and how it improves their lives. But they don't get to do it very often. My proposal. A rod of fishing that comes with its own body of water. This is perfect, too, because we're just, like, bypassing the thing that, like, <laughs> clearly is the appeal of fishing, which is, like, going outside or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, you should also put something in there. It's another Demiguise-style joke where it's like, and now you get to spend the night with your mother-in-law because the fishing is right there. Oh, there you go. Ooh, <laughs> there, there we go. Okay. Your own body of water. Imagine being able to fish in your ministry office uh, or your dorm at Hogwarts, you, rather than having to go outside, <laughs> you could experience the joys of fishing wherever you want, even at your mother-in-law's house. <laughs> so, I'm so pissed off. <laughs> 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 Winky face. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what the winky face is implying. <laughs> I just, I'm leaving it. It has to be there. <laughs> Jack Sloper. Jack Sloper, you dog. What, what have you got going on? <laughs> uh, rather than go outside, you can experience the choice of fishing wherever you want, even at your mother in law's house. Per, uh, uh, um, uh, these pawns, uh, these portable pawns could fit in any space necessary and also offer many different kinds of fish even ones muggles would usually have to travel far and wide to catch so just sucking the joy out of the entire enterprise here yep <laughs> okay anything else in our how can the item be used or should we leave it at that and go that's, to the next one that's perfect Okay, any potential problems or issues? Do we bring up Gamp's law here? God damn it. <laughs> Do we say, like, uh, fish obviously can't be conjured out of thin air. So this, you, you would have to prepare <laughs> some fish beforehand. <laughs> oh, Oh, wait. oh fuck! How do we handle this part? Is is part of Gamp's law that like if you that you can co like conjure stuff, but it disappears? Oh, what if they're not Hold real on. fish? Gamp's law. Oh yeah, it could be like a thing where it's like you can't eat the fish because obviously you can't just co like make them appear. Right there we go. Yeah, so like obviously. 
you uh, would not be able to eat these fish. Gamp's law and all that. <laughs> but... Wait, 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 hold on. Mm -hmm. I'm reading Gamp's Law. In addition, yeah. while, quote, good food cannot be conjured, consumable things such as sauces, wine, and potable water can be, as they are not particularly nutritious substances. Furthermore, creatures can be conjured, such as snakes and birds, but whether, oh. but whether or not they may be used in cooking to create edible or nourishing food is unknown. What the, what the fuck do you mean it's unknown? J.K. Rowling, what are you talking about? Are you serious? I mean, we've seen people, we've seen, we saw Hermione conjure birds, we saw Draco conjure a yeah. snake. No, I, so it, that, that part I totally believe. It's the part where it's unknown, whether, like, you have wizards, this is the same thing as the, as the, like, email joke in Order of the Phoenix, where it's <laughs> like, did wizards come up with all their spells yesterday? Uh -huh. Has no one tried cooking a bird? What? Like, What? Wow. No one's conjured a chicken and been like, all right. Time for time, dinner. Time for dinner. What the fuck? Okay. I mean, I guess maybe if, like, you kill, if you conjure, like, a chicken, maybe you kill it and it just, like, turns to ash just or turns disappears. to nothing. Yeah. I don't know. It's very interesting. It's just, it's, it's the, is, it, I, I guess is the unknown thing there is, like, is that it's unknown to us, the audience, or is it unknown to wizard kind? I, I can't really tell just because yeah. of the, like the style of the wiki, right? Like it's right, yeah. like it's not cited, so I'm guessing that they're saying it's unknown to us. Okay. Hmm. How do we phrase that then? Um I think I think that we go with the assumption that a conjured creature can't be eaten. I think that's reasonable. Okay. Yeah. And I think that the idea that, like, if you try to or you kill it or whatever, it just goes away right. makes sense. So I think we, we just roll with that and we say it with absolute confidence and no one's going to question us. Like, no one's like, going to question it. Yeah. Like, obviously, yeah. because of Gamp's Law, you can't eat the fish, right? Yeah. Like, um, like they are conjured creatures. Therefore, Gamp's Law, you can't eat them. Right. These conjured I like that. Okay. Obviously, you would not be able to eat these conjured fish, Gamp's Law and all that. Um, but nonetheless, it would still provide the uh, fun of the activity itself. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> provide um, a handsome portrait sitting. Ooh, and yes, most importantly, provide a subject for a handsome portrait sitting. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. Does this change open the door to new wizard technology? No. No. <laughs> Just putting it. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else Mr. Weasley ought to consider while in his garage? I what don't about that sounds like a personal question. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> he, can do, he can do what he wants in there. None of my 
Uh, what if what if we put in just 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 racking up the like the fishing gags <laughs> here? He should be careful not to uh, get the hook caught in his underpants when he's testing out the rod. No, I hate that. I can't take. I can't take. <laughs> <laughs> He would give himself a wedgie trying to cast the line. Mm. He's so funny. I don't know what he should consider. I'm what if other th- what if other people answered for that question? Can we For the anything to consider? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Avoiding mishaps with spells, it is never you never know if the typewriter might decide to throw ink in your face. Oh, so like Oh, uh, yeah, so your wedgie thing is probably pretty good. That don't say that. Um, <laughs> uh, the but also the okay. So I think that's one way we can take it. Mm-hmm. I think the other option is um, like uh, muggles often argue about the different materials their rod of fishing is made of. Some are traditionally made of wood, but many argue that a substance called cabrin fiber (laughs) is the finest material. Do some research before committing to a design. That's not like a magical mishap, though. That's true. So we gotta go with the don't don't get... Well, I don't think I don't think gotta (laughs) go with that. <laughs> Maybe he's like we gotta gotta be careful, or he might flood his garage. Oh, okay, that's cuter. There we go. Um, uh, oh, even better. Uh, I uh, uh, I know Mister Weasley has a penchant <laughs> for Muggle technology, including many devices that could rust or be quotes shirt sir, sh- shirt socketed mm-hmm. socketed mm-hmm. shirt socketed yep uh if they get wet make sure to keep those Make sure to keep your muggle objects dry. Ha ha. He Ha ha, smiley face. <laughs> okay, I think we've got it. That, you know, I'm... First, it's wonderful. I think we did a great job. Yeah. Second, I'm imagining our listeners... Looking at our post and despairing because it's truly, <laughs> truly terrible. If you made it through this segment, I applaud you. It makes me so angry. <laughs> Just looking at this is making me mad. Post it. Reply. And now we wait. Jack <sighs> Sloper has applied to Slytherin. Wonderful. I just want to double check real quick. Do we need, I can edit the post uh, if we do need to, whether or not we need to put in any like, hello, I'm applying for Slytherin. Uh, I'll just put, I'll just put a nice little note in there saying like, hello, I am applying 
This is my first first homework assignment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, I think the subreddit's gonna like expect some high like some impressive stuff from us going forward. Like this is a breakout hit for our first for yeah. our debut. Hello, this is my first homework assignment, and I'm applying to Slytherin. Hope you like it. Oh, they will. That's right. Okay, we're done and dusted. Uh, now, and now all we have to do is wait. I suppose. That's exciting. I yes. can't wait to see what's in there. I want. Let me in. As as Eric Andre says, let me in. Let me in. Let me in. I want to see what's in there. I want to know what they're talking about in the Slytherin subreddit, especially because the Reddit gold board was just kind of depressing for the most part. Yeah. I want to know what the Slytherins are up to. I want to know what they're uh, what they're talking about. Are they are they because here, here's what I'm wondering. The main subreddit. Everyone has their Snape hot takes. Yeah. Arguments every day. Is is the Slytherin subreddit a peaceful zone where everyone's like, you know, I really like Snape. Maybe they're in there, like, loving Snape, but it could also be the opposite. Like, Snape gives us a bad name. The books are so unfair to Slytherin. Ooh, yeah. You know? it yeah, could really, yeah, It yeah. could really go either way. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, there's so there's a lot of potential there. I'm, I'm very curious, and I can't wait. And hopefully, our good-ass post will will get us in. Mm-hmm. Um, the Harry Potter subreddit is in a truly terrible terrible place right now just because um <laughs> one of the like big posts today is called how T- to not enjoy harry potter or anything else in life and <laughs> and, and and i'm sorry i'm reading this because it's just it's gonna make you so mad one <laughs> obsess over the author's politics they're irrelevant to the work itself uh-huh. Which sends a clear message of open-mindedness and tolerance. Oh, of course. Yeah. Be better than JKR and keep on loving the books. It's not impossible. <laughs> this is powerful. Yeah, we Jack Sloper is here to save the subreddit. You can just say whatever you want online, huh? You can just you could who would do that? Just go online and, and just say whatever. <laughs> <sighs> Incredible. Since we have uh, uh, nothing to do but wait, we should probably take it to the close here. What do you say? Sounds good. All right. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can catch them on Bandcamp, and you can check us out at patreon.com slash streetcast. We have lots and lots of fun content there for you. We're about to start reading Twilight. We've been talking about visual novels. We've been talking about video games. I talked about... We talked about beverages and carbonation and and making milk fizzy in this one. So, you know, a lot of fun stuff there if you've not. uh, That's why I had Soda Stream on my mind when we were doing this. It was all I could think about. That's right. Um, So, yeah, as as always, lots of fun stuff there. All for the low, low price of $3 a month. And Liz, what are we reading next week? Uh, We will be reading Chapter 1 of Fellowship of the Ring. (laughs) Just kidding. If only. I lost my place in my books. I was looking at the um, uh, fishing chapter with Xenophilius Lovegood. So right. I've, I have lost um, lost where I was. So let me go back to the table of contents. We just read 
Oh my gosh. We read The Goblin's Revenge, so next week we'll be reading Chapter 16, Godric's Hollow. That's exciting. I think I think next week we might get an honest-to-goodness scary horror book moment. Um, I'm pretty sure we're going to meet the spooky snake who hides in a dead woman's body. Yeah, we also got some Bible verses. That's less interesting. Mm. Uh, although I guess, I guess you know, that kind of goes part and parcel with horror stuff, so maybe it could work. Who yeah, knows? yeah. Uh, but no matter what, no matter how interesting the evil snake sounds, please read another book. Please read another book. But there's a lady here that makes ocean rolls seem tame. But I know what you're after if you catch her eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.